Welcome to episode number three of the Hobbies and Happiness podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Dan. And I'm Jim. And today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about barriers to entry into trading card games and collectible card games. Let's get into it. So, Jim, how was your Easter, man? We uh, we had a pretty fun time. We did, didn't yeah. we? <laughs> and we're saying we because Jim and uh, his girlfriend spent mm-hmm. uh, the majority of the day with um, me and my wife's family. Yeah, it was a it was a lot of fun. So you know what? I I, and I don't even think I've asked you. Mm-hmm. How, so how was it? Did 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 you enjoy yourself? Yeah, honestly, after we uh, after we left, I was like, you know, I feel I feel pretty good. I felt I felt really good. Good. That that is really good to hear. Like oh. you saying that, like that that you just felt good. Mm-hmm. That's good. I'm I'm really glad that you you feel like that. That's good. Yep. And I guarantee you that my friends and I can think of a few in particular are going to be really happy to hear that. <laughs> that that, <laughs> that is that is really good. That is really good. I mean, you you did spend a good chunk of the day there. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs> from what like ten nine thirty to uh, yes. almost four o'clock. Yes, but yeah. and you know what. I was glad. I was glad that you were able to stop and see some of your family mm-hmm. um, yeah. because uh, you were pretty much close by. Yeah, there was no reason not to stop no, by. For sure, for sure. That that so. is that is definitely always a blast. Um, and I just also want to say happy Easter to everybody listening. Um, we hope you had an enjoyable Easter holiday this year and were able to spend some time with your friends and family. Yep. And uh, yeah, so I just I just wanted to say Happy Easter at the start of this podcast. What about you, Jim? Do you want to say Happy Easter? Happy Easter, guys. <laughs> All right. So today on the podcast, we're going to be talking about barriers to entry into TCGs and CCGs. Um, TCG is a trading card game. That's what TCG stands for. CCG stands for collectible card game. So basically, so to start to start this off, we guess let's define our terms here. Yep. What is a CCG and a CCG? So I, to me, Jim, now you, I'm just going to say this up front. Yeah. You have more experience in this arena than I do. I've been messing with card games since 99. I feel like, I feel like it's been a long time for me. I was six. Yeah. I feel like it's been a long time (laughs) for me, but you've just, you've been doing it for forever. Now I remember when I was a kid, like I remember Pokemon Mm -hmm. magic when, when magic first really became a thing. Yeah. But I never really got into it. Um, so I'm more of an a later adopter, <laughs> like, yeah. you know, as an adult. Late bloomer. Yeah, there you go. Late bloomer. Yeah. Um, but you ha- definitely have much more experience <clears throat> in this arena. So, okay. So, again, we got trading card games and C- and collectible card games. So what what is the difference? I- I'm going to... Let me let me tell you what I think. All right. To me, because again, this definitely ha- it, this had to have shifted and and kind of evolved from from many many years. Mm-hmm. But today, to me, TCGs and CCGs basically mean the same thing. They pretty much are. They, they pretty much are. Yeah. Like one has the the word trading in it, and the other has the term collectible in it. Yeah. But so many card like TCGs and CCGs nowadays are all digital. Pretty much. And there, for the most part, there really isn't that trading element in the in the digital version of the game or the digital space. I guess now we're going to be having a DCG digital card game. You know what? Yeah, I, I 
<laughs> There's see so many of them now can just be called that. Yeah. Right. So that that's kind of what I what I would think. Yep. Again, being a late bloomer and just getting in getting into these things much much late in the game. Mm-hmm. For you having grown up with them, what was the difference? Enlighten me. So uh, back in the 90s, there were a whole lot of cards being produced, whether it was baseball, basketball, Pokemon, magic. Um, They started making a lot of them. And they're like after after the craze, like with with the sports memorabilia, right? Yeah. Okay, sure. So and um, also leading into like the early 2000s, like they started coming out with card games for everything. Right, right. And they started to get a bad stigma. They were originally CCGs, collectible card games. Okay. And then it transformed into TCGs, trading card games, to get away from the stigma of what CCGs were. Essentially money grabs because it was pretty much making a card for every right. little thing. Right. So, so what you're saying is the stigma is still around for being cash grabs. Yes. It totally is. Yes. For those but of they you- changed the name. <laughs> so it was different. So, okay. So so you're saying that they they all basically started out being called CCGs, right? Yeah. Collectible card yeah. games? Okay. Okay. And yes. so so they just changed the name just to get just basically just to avoid the stigma, basically. Yep. yep. Okay. So basically nothing's changed. Yeah, pretty much. Pretty there's much. there's no difference. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean, what what I again, being a late bloomer, it just, like to me it's just it's it's all semantics. Especially now being in the digital age. Yep. Being being the di- the digital age that we are, um yeah, I, I really I have not seen that much difference. Um okay. So there there's probably three big ones that I would probably I would venture to guess a lot of people think of when they think of a trading card the game big three. or a collectible card game and that is yep. Magic the Gathering, Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh man. My and original. you have and you have experience you've played all of them, right? Yes, I've played every single one. Okay. I started Pokemon back in 99 collecting them. I had no clue how to play it until recently. You don't have any first editions, do you? Um Maybe like random common ones, but nothing, nothing too crazy. Okay. So have you seen, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, um, but for those of you who don't know, a first edition Charizard is a lot. Mint condition can, can go for upwards of 350 grand. Yeah. It's pretty much on par with the black Lotus and magic. Well, I saw, I, I, I did see that recently. I don't know if it was recently, but there was a signed black Lotus. Okay. Signed. I guess that's yeah. the big thing because I believe the artist yep, of the, of away. the back of the black Lotus did pass away. So that's Christopher probably, Rush. that's why the spike, yes. but the signed black Lotus I'm fairly sold for Christopher se- Rush. probably is. I can, we can fact check later, Yeah, <laughs> but, but fact, fact check us if, if, Jim is correct or not. Um, it, it, it went for upwards of 700 grand Yeah, in an, I believe in, in an auction. I don't know if it was an auction or if it just got sold. Um, but yeah, it's probably I, an eBay. Auction. I think, yeah, probably, but I think unsigned they do, they, they do go for three, $400,000. <clears> so that, 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 that's a big chunk of change. But one, one thing that I did see recently, mm-hmm. which I thought was very interesting is you can own a share of a Charizard. 
What? They have uh, stock in Charizards? They, they, they're starting to. Wow. They, I, I saw it. Of course, I saw it as an ad, but I did see it on Instagram. Like, it was an Instagram ad. Yeah. Um. So there was a Charizard, but then there was also a, a first edition box Pokemon. Wow. And that you could get stock in. Yes. You're like, I want the top left corner yeah. of the <laughs> box. The top left corner. There you yeah. go. <laughs> um, for, for those of you that don't know, um, and I don't even know how I heard about this, but normally, crazy. normally in boxes, I don't even know if I can say normally, but there's this weird thing that if you pick the top left card in a booster box that usually has like the highest rarity card in that <laughs> entire box, it's, it's, it's really, really weird. So I know for Do magic, you even know where that came from. So for magic, this was actually true. Was um, it really? So kind of, kind of, I'll, I'll go over it. So in the leftmost row, because in their boxes, they have three different rows, right? Mm-hmm. In the last four packs is where you get your money card. The last so four packs. The left, the left side, the last four packs. And one of those four is the most expensive one. That's what? It was like that for a while. People, people were releasing <laughs> info on their boxes. Yeah. That, dude, that's crazy. Yeah. <laughs> I hope, honestly, I hope they, they've changed it, but I still. Because you still go for that. that oh, I that still spot, go for the you? last four. Yeah. Yeah. I see new boxes open. I'm like, all right, let me get this. Dude, that that's funny. That is too funny. Yeah. <laughs> so, all right. So, Jim, what was, let's go, let's talk about our first experiences in, in TCGs, in a TCG and a TCG. Okay. Um, since you've got way more experience, I, I kind of want to hear what your first, your first experience. And I, I since you have way more experience, this is definitely going to be a physical, physical game versus digital. Yeah. Yeah. This is pretty much strictly paper. So, so what was that for you? What was your first experience? So my first one was Pokemon, but I had no clue how to play it. Okay. So, I mean, but pretty much no one knew how to play it back in the day. Yeah. Right. And, um, because we, we were all collecting the cards because it was Pokemon because it was Pokemon. We played the, we played the Game Boy game. Got to catch them all, right? Got to catch them all. Played the Game Boy games. I played, I played the Pokemon on the the OG Game Boy. I still do. For real? Yeah. I still have have the OG Game Boy. I I don't have the original one. I have a color. Okay. Well, I still have, I still have the original Pokemon color is even more expensive than the, than the original. Is it really? I'm pretty sure it is like collectibles. I think the color is is a is a more collectible item than mm. the original Game Boy. It also looks a lot better than the brick. It does. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. I like I think the OG Game Boy is just cooler from like an I I am going to say from a, from from a nostalgia perspective yeah. even though there's still a lot of nostalgia with the color. Mm-hmm. Um but the the color I mean I remember when the color came out and that was just we were we were all like dude that is awesome <laughs> finally color like it was so cool as yeah. as opposed to the the gray and green. Yeah. You know? Yep. So anyway, I actually got my first Game Boy Color from my grandmother. And uh, really? yeah, so she was pretty much the one who sent me down the road of loving Nintendo and Pokemon. There you go. I don't know if I if I if I never would have gotten that. I don't know if I'd be here right now. <laughs> yeah, dude. honestly, no, it for started sure. with Pokemon, I, yep. the cards. I believe you, man. You know, I, I totally believe you. So, so yeah. Pokemon. Yeah, that was, yes. That was pretty great. Yes. Pokemon. So yeah, started that back in pretty much 99, 2000, collecting them for a while. And then I didn't get into a actual card game itself until Yu-Gi-Oh! in May 2002. It came out in March 2002. So when you were into Pokemon, you weren't really mm-hmm. playing the game. You were just oh, collecting no, it was cards. Purely collecting. Okay. Um, and then at that point, I was, I believe I was playing the, the Game Boy games at that time. Sure. So I was collecting the cards and having the Game Boy games. Okay. Okay. So 
then go ahead about like two, three years later. It was my birthday. I got a Kaiba starter deck. Kaiba? Yes. Kaiba with the blue eyes, white dragon, Dan. Okay. And um, yeah, it was, it's like. Oh, okay. Oh, you're, you're, you're talking, you're talking about a card. Yes. Okay. Yes. My bad. I thought yeah. you were talking about a completely different card game. My bad. No, no, no. So the my starter bad. deck for <laughs> Yu-Gi-Oh. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. See, okay. See, I've never played Yu-Gi-Oh. Yep. I have not played Yu-Gi-Oh yet. So that. The, one day. Yes. No, for sure. 100% one day. Yep. 100%. So. Yeah, they they came out with starter decks. It was Yugi, who's the main character, okay, and Kaiba, who was pretty much the main protagonist, okay, pretty much. And um, so it was their two decks. I had I got Kaiba. I was super happy. Had my had three of my cousins over, and uh, was one of the cousins the one who you cheated at with everything? Yeah. Or, okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, it was there. <laughs> and. Uh, <laughs> Dude, every time you say cousin, I'm always going to throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, he, he was there. Yeah, that's him. And uh, and so. That's great. I, all right. All right. I'm going to let you know something right now. Um, okay. So we only had one deck, right? When me and my three other cousins played. <laughs> okay. So okay. we split it. We pretty much split it in half. <laughs> except we cheated to where we always had the blue eyes white dragon. <laughs> <laughs> who's who's like the most powerful creature, you know? Oh, so man. uh and yeah, that was with that same cousin I cheated in other games. That, Let's not talk funny. about it. That's funny. <laughs> um but before then, ev- ever since like March or so when it first came out, uh this is Yu-Gi-Oh, I was collecting cards from packs. I didn't really understand For it. Yu-Gi-Oh? Yes. Okay. And um but I didn't have a deck until my birthday in May. Okay. Okay, so. cool. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty cool. <laughs> oh, and and for magic. Oh, well, I guess my Yu-Gi-Oh thing. I was playing, you know, on and off throughout the years up until when did Kaladesh come out for magic? I don't know. Like seven I, years I ago. I don't know. I'll whoa, say like whoa. Are six you, years ago, five years ago. Is it really? I think it's been that long. Because Kaladesh, Kaladesh, I believe came out like right before I got into magic. Yeah. I want to say it's been like five years. Wow. Yeah, so it's it's been some time, and um, I was I was pretty much playing Yu-Gi-Oh. I I thought competitively, yeah, uh, right. but it definitely wasn't until I got into Magic competitively. I'm like, yeah, I was not playing Yu-Gi-Oh. <laughs> and uh, but you mean, you mean the, like when you found out what competitive Yu-Gi-Oh yes, was? Okay, yes. yes, yeah, right. I I dabbled a little bit, but sure, I wasn't sure. I wasn't putting nearly as much money into it as uh, some people. No, sure, I got you, I got you. So, so my first experience in a TCG or a CCG mm-hmm. was Hearthstone. Okay. All right. So Hearthstone is a, a digital is a digital card game. Um. Yes, and I I do enjoy Hearthstone still. Mm-hmm. I cannot remember the last time I played it. But the biggest problem that I have with Hearthstone with, yeah. is the same problem that a lot of people have with Hearthstone is the RNG. Yeah. RNG being RNG stands for those that don't know. RNG stands for random number game. Random or, number generator. Gen- generator. I'm yep. sorry. There we go. I was going to say, correct me if I'm wrong. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but there, there's, there is so much randomness now to Hearthstone. Yep. It's, 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 it's. Originally, it was more like an actual card yeah. game that you would play before. But Ori- then they were like, oh, wait a minute. We can start yeah. implementing more RNG factors right. into it. Right. Because it's all digital. Because Right. Exactly. And be, yeah. Because they. They leaned so heavily yeah. into the digitalness, I'll yeah. say, which I mean, it's not it's not a right thing or a wrong thing. It's just mm-hmm. it's what they chose as a design. Yeah. And, you know, that that's fine. I mean, 
as as it's a designer, different. that's what they went with. Yeah, definitely. It is definitely different. Mm-hmm. And some people really enjoy that and love that. And some people don't. To me, that takes that takes maybe not a lot of the skill out of it, but it takes a big chunk of the skill out of it for me and turns it into luck of the draw randomness. Yeah. You so, know, whether you're not, you're going to win or not. Yeah. So kind of going off on that a little bit more. So for card games, like physical card games, you really can't mess with the RNG outside of like, oh, I play this card to draw a card off the top of my deck. Yeah, or you know? roll a dice. Yeah, something along those lines. Right. But for this, rather than searching your deck for a card or just taking the top random card, you still know what's inside your deck at that point, and that's as much randomness as it's going to get. Right. But right. for this, there are cards out there. It's called Discover. There's a mechanic called Discover, and... Mm-hmm. You can find any specific card that it I tells remember. You. I remember when when Discover yeah. like came out as a mechanic. Yeah. So you can you can discover a card that's like, oh, I wouldn't really play this in the deck because it doesn't really go with it. Right. But in this case, it's ridiculously good. Right. Because isn't wasn't Discover where it showed you three cards? Yes. It showed you three cards, and you yep. just got to pick yeah, one. Yeah. Pretty much like three random yeah. cards. Yeah. And like, so, oh, and go. it was funny though because like I played a pre. There's a priest deck that mm-hmm. I played. I enjoyed the priest. That was fun for me. The dragon priest. No, it was not. Oh, okay. Um, I did play dragon oh, priest. I, love dragon I priest. did play dragon priest, but it was not a dragon priest deck. I think. Okay. I think eventually I did um get onto a dragon priest deck. Mm-hmm. But before that, it was it was like oh my goodness, I I can't remember what it was. It it was a it was a crazy like OTK healer priest deck. It was really weird, but it was fun. I enjoyed it. Yeah. And for for especially for a game like Hearthstone, it's like you can't really experiment a lot with the card pool being the way it is, and there's yep. just so many. So like I would play it, and then I didn't play it for the longest time, mm-hmm. and then I come back and be like, oh, you, know, you know, let's go back to Hearthstone. Let's just let's see what's changed. Let's yep. see a little bit. And then, like, when you would do Discover or something, mm-hmm. I would see these cards. I'd be like, what the heck are these? You know <laughs> yep, what I mean? Yep. You can d- discover a card that discovers another card, it, it, and it you was, just get it's more value. So it's, yeah. it's so crazy. So, like, for a game like Hearthstone, especially mm-hmm. when you're playing the wild format, which yeah. we'll talk about formats a little bit later, like, you never know, especially when you're not up we're not staying up on it Mm -hmm. you can just you can totally get lost so so sinking quickly yeah and that's the other thing so with their game so in normal card games you can get an errata which is pretty much just like either change the text of a card Mm -hmm. to make it a little bit more balanced right but for this they can easily change the cost of a card change the effect by a little bit right and they tend to do this quite a bit Mm -hmm. so especially especially with the digital card games from, from a balancing standpoint yeah like Re- Legends of Runeterra is a big one that that just that, mm-hmm. I, that I'm thinking about that they balance it like every month or something like mm-hmm. that and they change costs and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah, and that's how it is with like most video games. Yeah. If it's online and sure. it's like, oh, we need to fix this because it's a little right. too broken, change right. it a little bit. Right. So, but you can't really do that with with the paper. Yeah. Paper cards. Yeah. That, because that they've, one's a they've lot more already difficult. they've already manufactured them. They've yep. sent them out. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can't really make a change like that. Yeah. And that's why they go through so much testing and play testing yep. and play testing and more play testing. And stuff still slides on through. And yes, exactly. Yep. Exactly. Um, okay. So before we before we get into really talking about the barriers, um, one question I do want to ask you. Mm-hmm. You love card games, don't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. We both love card games. Although, although I think I prefer card games more so because of hanging out with people. Really? Yeah. Okay. So that my question is going to be why? Why do you love card games? 
Like, what is it about card games that, that you love so much? So um, going back to what I've learned from video games and my favorite genre, MMOs, there mm-hmm. is theory crafting. Okay. okay. Go go into go into what theory crafting is. So for for whatever it is, right? Uh say you're playing a cleric, right? And okay. a cleric for for those of you that don't know, cleric is just is is a class of character. Yeah. It's a it is pretty much a healer or a right. melee DPS or right. damage per second. And um so for that, you can have say a skill tree and it's like, all right, how do I want to build this cleric? I want to build it protection. I want to build it holy. I want to build a shadow cleric, right? So you, you were can building a shadow cleric, and wow, weren't you? Weren't you playing a shadow? Yeah, cleric? yeah, it was okay. yeah, a shadow priest. Okay, because I, I, I remember I, was I remember like a video that games. you made. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah so okay. I was kind of mixing up games. All right, so we'll just say priest. We're talking about wow, and um, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so shadow priest, you're able to have different abilities, and and it's skill tree. So it could be like, all right, this one specifically is for single target damage. Mm-hmm. This one is instead for AOE damage, which right. is area of effect, mm-hmm. hitting multiple creatures. Right. This one's more for self-sustain, so more healing on yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, you only really get one of these choices inside the different uh, level tier tree. Right. So at like level 15, you get to pick one of these three choices. Right. And mix and matching all those different pieces along with the gear and then depending on what you're teamed up with, say it's for player versus player, you're grouping up with friends to go fight other real people. It's like, all right, what works well with a shadow priest? Mm-hmm. We got different kind of healers, other kind of different damage dealers, and it's just <clears throat> combining a lot of different things. Mm-hmm. So that's, and theory crafting is pretty much that, and just trying to figure out what works best for you and what works best overall. Right. Right. Theory, theory crafting is is a nice thing to talk about, especially when we're talking about card games, yeah. because that totally it, gets into deck building. Exactly. And, it and merges right you know, over. One hundred percent. And we're and we're gonna be talking a lot about deck building mm-hmm. definitely shortly. Um, okay, so for me, I don't really know how to answer this question of why I love card games, but ever since I started playing Hearthstone, mm-hmm. and now granted, I haven't played Hearthstone, I have not touched Hearthstone in freaking years like it's <laughs> it's been a hot minute since i've played yeah. hearthstone yeah but i've played any if it says card game i'm immediately i want to play that have you I played shadowverse mm-hmm. oh i love that one i have played shadowverse i love the evolve mechanic in there shadowverse is fun yeah. shadowverse there's so many card games that that i've just i feel like anytime i play a card game i'm mm-hmm. just like yep i like it <laughs> I like it and sign me up for more. Um, But it's also a curse. (laughs) It is. It is. And so, so for me, I think card games just appeal to my personality and they just appeal to appeal to me as a person. I feel like, Um, like being an engineer and the way that the way that a lot of engineers think that I know were very logical, very strategic. Um, And one thing that I like about card games is when I'm playing with people, when I'm playing card game with people and they ask, what does this card do? Read the card. What does the card say? And then they (laughs) read the card and then they still have questions. It's read the card. Nope. It says when, not whenever (laughs) or when this happens. Yes. It's, it's very, very specific. I'm a very specific and particular person. Mm -hmm. And Especially magic, because because magic has been around so long, they have really nailed their um, their uh, oh, what's the term templating. I think that's the word yeah. I'm looking for. Templating. Yeah. 
they have nailed that. They've nailed it so very well. Yep. Um, and it's it's very to me, it's very self-explanatory. And I can read it and I can totally understand what the effect is, mm-hmm. what it does. And it's it's not necessarily easy for me to explain it to people because I'm not a teacher. My wife is a teacher. She can explain things a lot easier to people more than I can. Mm-hmm. The way that I explain it to people is the way that I I would understand it. And usually when I do that, people still don't understand it. So <laughs> I just I just I, I don't try because I'm not very good at it. Like yeah. I know what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. And I don't teaching is something I'm not very good at. <laughs> so that's usually what that's why. Like when we're playing card games. I've taught games, a couple people magic. Yeah. Like when we're playing card games, I'm just like, well, read the card. It, it says it right there. Like it <laughs> just, just just read it. And then like if somebody like like I said, if somebody has a question, it's like, no, that's not what it says. Yeah. That is not what the card says. And I say that, and this is actually kind of funny because my son, my son is, my son is, is mini me. Okay. He (laughs) is mini me. I'm just going to start calling him mini me. Okay. But he, (laughs) raising him is, is a challenge and and it's fun because it's like, it's raising, it's trying to raise me. I've had, I've had conversations with my parents. I'm like, how, how did you, how have you, how'd you do that? (laughs) How was I? Can you like, how do I deal with myself? How do I deal with myself? Right. But there was one thing he he did not that long ago where I think his sister was doing something. Oh, oh, it was playing. She was playing with a toy. She wasn't playing with a toy the right way. Like it was one of her dolls and she took a piece of clothing off the doll and she put it somewhere else on the doll. Mm -hmm. Like she used a dress as a hat or something. And my son, my son was just like. No, that's not how it's supposed to go. <laughs> that's not how it's supposed to go. And my wife is telling this to me, and I go, I mean, he is right. <laughs> and that's like, that's me. Change my mind. Like <laughs> that, that's me. Like I'm very particular. And I'm like, yeah. if that's not the way it's supposed to go, that's then that's not the yeah. way it's supposed to go. Yeah. So I think that's I think that really is a big reason of why card games mm-hmm. just appeal to me so much. Yeah. So, all right. So, with with all of that being said, we're, let's let's jump into some barriers. Here, barrier number one: jargon and terminology. Oh man, this is a big one. This is a big one. It's something we honestly don't even think about anymore. Now, right? We don't think about it anymore. But when I first, again, being a late bloomer and first and first getting first getting into this, mm-hmm. dude, I was I was so confused when I'm digging into it and doing research into yep. what decks I want to play, what decks <laughs> I want to build. Or even just trying to get better. It's mm-hmm. u- it's usually like looking into how do you get better. Yeah. I remember the first turn, the first time I heard the term ramp. I was like, what the heck does that mean? I was watching <laughs> a streamer and I was at the time I was playing um the Elder Scrolls card game. Um Elder Scrolls Legends is what it's called. Okay. They've abandoned it. They've abandoned it now. I mean, it's still a thing, but they're they're not developing on it. They're not they are not yeah. actively developing the game anymore. So I was watching a streamer play, and I think she, they, they said ramp. So I go, I type in chat. I'm like, what 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 is what is this ramp? What what <laughs> does this mean? And so the streamer was very nice and like actually explained it to me. And I went, oh oh that that totally makes sense. Mm-hmm. So Jim, what does ramp mean? Oh man. So in these games, we'll we'll talk about magic. Sure. Um, this also does apply to other card games, right. but yeah. So for magic, every single turn, you can pretty much play one land card and it gives you mana. With mana, you can then use that to play your cards. Man- mana in magic is your resources. Yes, it's your main resource. And 
what ramping is, well, you play a card that gives you more of that resource, essentially. So say um, you go to turn two, you have two land out on the field, and you play a card that lets you play another land. So on turn two, essentially, you have three lands. Yeah, so in most in most card games, whether that be paper or digital, you can get you can acquire one resource per turn normally. Yeah. Yep. In normal card games that you get turn one, you get one resource. Turn two, you get another resource. Turn three, you get another resource. With magic, you have to have your resources in your deck. So you have to hope yep. you draw into your resources. But in yep. a lot of a lot of digital card games, that you automatically get a resource. Yep. So with ramping, it's you just you get that you get that extra quote unquote resource early. Yep. So instead of having two resources on turn two, on turn two, you have the ability to produce three resources. Yep. That's pretty much what ramp is. And so the first time I heard it, I was just so confused because I didn't know <laughs> what it means. And that me being being me, it annoys me when terms are thrown around and I have no idea what they mean. <laughs> like I feel like an idiot. I, I do. I honestly feel I like it. an idiot I when I have no idea what these what these terms mean. Yeah. So you're like, I, I should be in this circle, but I don't know everything. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, so one other thing that I have um written down here is card advantage card advantage is card advantage pretty much happens in every card game yep right so jim why don't you explain what uh, what card advantage is so for card advantage it's pretty much stems off of who has more cards in their control it could either be on the field in the hand or um also just like left in deck because sometimes when you're getting into later games having no cards in in deck can Mm -hmm. be really detrimental right So it's pretty much like, all right, my opponent is playing things and they have like a more board presence, Mm -hmm. but they only have three cards in their hand, but I have seven cards in my hand. Right. So I now have more things to interact with their stuff. Right. And, um, but there are also other cards where it's like, all right, I play one card to get two cards. Mm -hmm. So now that one card Gave you a plus one in right. advantage. It net it netted you one exactly. Card. It netted so you it plus one card. So it replaced itself, right, and gave you another, right. Um, yeah, and so t- typically when in card games, when a card that replaces itself in your hand can be referred to as a cantrip. So I have a little bit of a funny story about card advantage. Okay. So when I was playing Yu Gi Oh, um, probably like ten years ago. Okay. And um, I was playing a burn deck. Right. Of course. Of course you're playing a burn. Yeah, I, I've been playing burn in Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> since 07. Leave me alone. All right. So um, and and I guess every single game as well. <laughs> I play burn in everything. So um, they were talking about how they had like more card advantage and people on the side would be talking about like how I was I was closer to losing. Except for me, you can have all the card advantage you want. But if I bring your life to zero, correct, I don't care. Correct. Yep. So correct. card advantage is a great thing. Correct. But it means nothing if, if you if, lost if, the game. If, totally. <laughs> right. 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 And 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 one thing that I think a lot of newer players mm-hmm. in card games forget is your life is a resource. Yeah. Your life totally is a resource. Mm-hmm. If you if you have one life and your opponent has zero, doesn't matter. You just yep. won. It doesn't matter if you have twenty life. Or, or one life. A wise man once said, it doesn't matter if you win by an inch or a mile. Correct. Winning is winning. Correct. Correct. So in, in um, all right. So in card games, like the gameplay terms and the mechanics can vary slightly, mm-hmm. but a lot of the terms 
and jargon and terminology are universal. Like like ramp and card advantage are two big ones. Yeah. That are pretty Tutor. Yep. Tu- and tutor. <laughs> we're gonna we, go over a couple. Yeah. Tutor. I don't think we're I don't think we're really gonna talk about tutor. So what is what does tutor mean? Oh, so so normally, uh whenever you're playing the game, you draw for every single one of your turns, except the card is essentially random. Right. For tutor. Right. For tutor, you get to go through your deck and search for a specific card. That you want now correct me if i'm wrong but didn't it isn't the reason it's called tutor now because of magic uh well or, or did they call it tutor so magic like, was the original one because it came out back in 93 right right so with the with the old tutors vamp tutor i yeah, believe it yeah, was vampiric tutor sure yeah and they then started coming out with more tutors right like and demonic eventually, tutor. yeah and pokemon <clears> didn't <throat> really have that effect okay um and pokemon came out in Japan in 96 and mm-hmm. the U S in 90. Right. And by that time you're looking at, well, magic has been going for six years right. and they've already had multiple tutor effects. Right. So it's been like that for pretty much since all this stuff has been happening. So, so it's called tutor because of magic, right? Yeah. Now, do you know, I don't know this, maybe, you know, and if not, I'm, I'm, I want to look this up. Okay. But, did was there a reason they called the cards tutors? I have no clue. Okay, I'm kind of I'm kind of interested to know. Yeah. Um, because I mean, there are there are some things words have meanings, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so, like, you can see, like, in some magic cards that the meanings of why they called cards why what they called them. Yep. So I'm just wondering if there's like a meaning, whether it be hidden or not, yeah. of to why a tutor is called a tutor mm-hmm. and you get to go find whatever you want yeah. type thing. So so before I started playing Magic and uh-huh. knew about the tutor effect, yes, sure. uh, when I would be playing Yu-Gi-Oh tournaments, um, so for, for pretty much my entire time, people would just play a card that would go search. They would say search, except eventually it started leaning towards people saying Oh, I'm gonna go tutor for this. Okay, yeah, yeah. And I'm right, like, what right. is that? Right. Sure. I, sure I had no clue sure. about the tutor effect. Right. And they're like, oh, right. it's from magic. I'm like, I don't play magic. I'm not gonna say that. Right, sure. You know? Sure. Cause now anytime it, that's funny. Yeah. Because now in any card game that I play, mm-hmm. if the card says search your deck or search, yep. I my mind immediately goes to, oh, I'm gonna so I'm gonna go tutor. Yeah. I, tutor. I still say search sometimes. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, it's funny because it's habit. Yeah, it's funny. It's it's kind of funny how that works. Because mm-hmm. really, it does just go back to your experience yep. and what you've played. The card might not even be called Tutor. It's no, just sure. like go search for something. Exactly, exactly. If if I see in a card game it says go search, my mind is saying Tutor. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm I'm gonna Tutor for this. Um, I can't remember. I was playing a game. I don't I don't know who I was playing with or what we were playing, but that like they had to go search through their deck and find a card, and I just said, all right, yeah, you're gonna go Tutor for this. It just, it it just, it just comes nope. out. It's weird. Yep. So anyway, so we're still, still into jargon and terminal jargon and terminology, but another barrier is deck archetypes. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, deck archetypes kind of can, could be kind of separate, but I think they really do fit under the deck arch, um, excuse me, the jargon and terminology. So real quick, going over the <laughs> list that we have, there's something missing. I'm sure that there is. Why isn't there burn on here, Dan? <laughs> I don't see I burn don't, I, on here. I don't know. Is is I don't know. If burn is a is is a legitimate archetype, Jim. It is. <laughs> it is. Dude. All right. So, um, okay. What, Jim? Can yeah. you explain for us what is in your simplest terms? Mm-hmm. How would you describe a deck archetype? What is an archetype? A deck archetype. 
So it's fairly, honestly, it's pretty simple. Um, it really comes down to the overall theme of the deck, right? So it can either be based off of what the, the type is. So another term tribal. Okay. Mm -hmm. So it could be sure. humans. It could be, it could be, I'm, I'm having a blank, right? <laughs> We're going to edit this out. <laughs> no. So, so uh, a, a good um, description, a, a not description, but um, oh goodness. What is the word I'm looking for? One, one form of tribal, my first experience in a tribal deck. Oh yeah. Slivers okay. too. Slivers. Okay. There's yeah. so many zombies. I don't know why I couldn't think of dragons. There's so many different things. And what do you mean? So what do you mean when you say tribe tribal? What, what, what is a tribal deck? So, so normally when you're making a deck, right, you can be playing a bunch of different cards that are just good for tribal. Specifically, you're using cards that state all drag or pretty much dragons only inside the deck and cards that work with dragons or same with zombies, yeah. humans, whatever it is. Yeah, in in a lot of card games, most card games, a lot of the cards have like what kind of card it is, what type of card it is. Yeah. For magic specifically, the cards have like um a type and then they have subtypes. Yeah. Right. So, for a dragon deck specifically, depending on how you build your deck, you could say, "Oh, this this deck is a dragon deck," meaning I have all dragons. Like mm -hmm. all of the creatures in the deck are dragons. Yep. My experience actually with my first experience with a tribal deck, this could be considered a tribal deck was again, playing Hearthstone. Mm -hmm. um, look, I, I was looking on a website trying to find like what kind of decks to build, what kind of decks to play. And I saw this term a lot. Zoolock. 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 I Ooh. went, I went, what the That's heck? aggressive right I there. Went, what the heck is that? Yeah. Zoolock is a creature, a creature based warlock deck. Yep. So for, if you don't know in Hearthstone, you get to basically, you pick a character and your character determines what your card pool will consist of. Yep. There are generics and specifics. Mm -hmm. There are generic cards and specific cards for each of these different characters. Mm -hmm. And one of the characters in Hearthstone is the warlock. Okay. So zoo, the reason it's called a zoo deck was it, the deck was all creatures. Yep. You could have in Hearthstone and in a lot of card games, you have your different cards. You could have creature cards. You could have spells. You could have enchantments, mm -hmm. instant sorceries. There, there's so many different types of cards that are available to you. Yep. So in this specific deck, the zoo lock, it meant it was a warlock deck that is full of just all creatures. And most of the time it is low drop. So low right. cost, low cost, meaning the, the, the cost of the card is like one cost, two cost. Yeah. Maybe at max, it might cost three. Yeah. Um, cause there are cards that can cost six, seven, maybe, maybe oh, all the way eight. up to 10. All, yes. Actually all the way up to 25. What? Yeah. The, uh, the giants. Oh yeah. And then those yeah. get, but reduced. They get reduced. They get reduced. Yeah. Right, 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 right. So, so when I first saw Zulok, I'm like, what in the world? And the Zulok is a tribal deck. Yes. Because again, the tribe being it's all creatures. Yep. yep. So and it wants to be, it wants to beat you down fast, which yes, is yes. aggro. Aggro. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to quickly go through a list here that I've written down. This is definitely not a, an exhaustive list by any means, there's but so many there, there, there are, there are so many. So aggro aggressive, like we said, there's tempo, there's control, there's token, there's combo, there's mid range. 
what can what else can you think of off the top of your head that's not here besides burn? Nope, nothing. Nothing. No, okay, no. All right. <laughs> but the, there there really there really are a lot. I mean, yeah, I think these are these are lot. probably some of the biggest ones. And um, so yeah, it's it's basically like what is your deck trying to do, mm-hmm. and kind of how does it fit yeah. into into so um, so the main three also is aggro mm-hmm. control and mid range. Yes. So think about it in terms of a line, right? You have aggro on one end which you want to be really aggressive yeah. and you have control all the way at the other side, mm-hmm. which is I want to play slow. I want to stop what you're doing. Not so much beat you down before like turn three. Right. Right. And everything in between is, you know, pretty much mid range essentially. Right. Which mid range is I want to play low cost creatures that are really strong, but I also want to stop what it is that you're doing. Right. So there is, um, and pretty much everywhere in between, you can find something that it is you're looking for. Right, right. And we're, we'll get into this literally in a second, mm-hmm. but I like how you use the the line, the yep. line thing, because because that that really kind of does come into play here. Yep. Um, but before before we get into that, Jim, I know the answer to this, but okay. what are you, what are your favorite archetypes? <laughs> so i am i am on both ends of this spectrum here yes, you are. um i i really don't like to play in between you honestly i am don't. either full aggression with you my don't. burn list yeah. or i am playing control yep 100 percent. yep most most of the time in the times that we've played um which is a lot you've you've uh, gone towards the control yeah, the controlly. Yeah, that's for commander though. Like yes, it's completely playing aggression. Well, we and- played we played uh, modern that one that one time. Oh, like yeah, literally like, that one time. Well, I mean, like my main modern deck is burn, which is, it is really? full aggro. Yeah, kill oh. by turn three. Okay, I, I I guess you know what we were just testing out some other decks. I guess yeah. so. Yeah, that, that's true. Okay. Um. All right. So what what would you guess mine is? Mid range. Yeah. Simple. It, it, it really it really <laughs> it really is. And, and the reason the reason I would say my favorite archetype is mid range is because I'm very as we've said before I like I'm very a mana man efficient yep. resource efficient I'm all mm-hmm. about the resources and the value and that's that kind of that's my play style which which don't think that mid range isn't a can be a fast deck or because, or a control deck yeah um so like mid range can use lower cost creatures to keep up with the aggro decks. Right. right. But you're not more so looking to kill them before right. they can kill you. You know, if you have no idea what we're talking about and you are so confused, it's okay. <laughs> it is okay. Every single one of us were there. Yeah. And so that's honestly the reason we're doing this episode is to kind of get you nudged in the right direction a little bit. Um, I, both of us have, I mean, I remember when I was first getting into this, I was so confused and did yep. so much research. Mm-hmm. I mean, even mid range for the longest time, I'm like, okay, what in the world does mid range <laughs> even mean? And, and for mid range, basically the simplest, the simplest way that I probably could describe it is mm-hmm. mid range decks. Normally the way that they're built is they're built so that you can compete with aggro decks in the early game. And you can also compete with control decks in the late game. Yep. So it's it's very it's very um um wi- widespread I guess it's not the word I'm looking for. It has a wide variety yeah, of ways. Variety, variety. There yeah. we go. That that's that's what I'm looking for. And when you start going into so normally in a match there are three games, right? For, in your first game. Now, now time out. Oh, time man. out. Is that is that in like pretty much every card game? Pretty much. Really? Pretty much. Okay. Cool. Um there are so for Vanguard 
um, Cardfight Vanguard. It is another card game. And um, a lot of their tournaments are best of one. Oh, really? Yeah. Huh, interesting. The so fir- it's, the first it's time I saw best way. of one in card games was Arena. Mm-hmm. MTG Arena. Yeah. Okay. But normally it is a best of three. And with it being a best of three, Which you have makes access. Sense. You have access to something called a side deck. Yep. So you have your main deck and then a side deck of 15 cards. That So in between each game, mm-hmm. you're able to take out some cards, put in some new cards that you're like, well... These are really good against the aggro matchups, right. Right. but I don't want to play it in the main deck. So right. I throw it over there. And when I know I'm versing them, mm-hmm. we're going to bring those cards in, take out cards that aren't good against in them. The, yeah. in the matchup, and then be able to have a better sure. matchup for sure. For sure. Yeah. Uh, side, side, side deck slash sideboard. Uh, again, that's another term that yep. I was like, what? No, what is this? Yeah. But it's cool. Like it's another like aspect of card games mm-hmm. that it's kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Like the other, the other thing too, Maybe not, but the what I was kind of thinking was, and this is definitely not the case because paper card games have been around much longer than mm-hmm. digital. But again, being a late bloomer, I feel like sideboards kind of bring a digital aspect to paper card games because, again, just just based off of my experience and being more into uh, learning on the digital. Mm-hmm. Card games, but I mean, it's super easy to implement in paper card games, paper yeah. magic, yeah. because again, it's just, you have five card, 15 normally cards that you can just, you know, play. Could you imagine having discover and magic? You're just like, uh, I got 10,000 cards next to me. I picked that's this random crazy. one, this random one. But the thing, the thing is that's still even crazy yeah. in Hearthstone because yeah. now they're to the point to where, I mean, I don't even I don't want to know what the card pool is for Hearthstone. Yeah. It's got to Well, if be we're insane. talking about standard, it's purely for well, Discover, it's purely standard cards. Really? Yeah. You can't when you're playing the wild format, yeah. you can't so, discover? No, no, no. I'm saying so if you play Discover in standard, you only discover oh, standard. Oh, sure, cards. sure, yeah. sure, sure, sure. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I get what you're saying. You you can discover cards that are that are legal in the format that yes. you're playing. Okay, cool. Okay, that, that makes sense. Okay, so you 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 just kind of talked about this line. Okay, yes. That br- this brings me to my next barrier to entry here, and that's mana curve. Mm-hmm. The um the first time I heard mana curve, I was like, okay, again, <laughs> what the heck are you talking about? So so Jim it. and I I do like how you used a line mm-hmm. as an explanation mm-hmm. of the different archetypes. So can you kind of give us a brief explanation of what of what we mean when we say mana curve? Yeah, so for Magic and other card games that do use different costs of cards. And again, the reason it's called mana is, again, because of Magic. Exactly. It's been here since... 93? I, yeah, I was going to say, I think June of 93. Yes, yes, June. And um, so if we're looking at the deck in a line, you take all the cost of your cards that have one mana in it, right? Yep. So a single mana drop, you put it pretty much all right next to each other. So you have 10, 10 cards. All right, how many cards in the two drop slot do we have? All right. It's now eight. You can start to see it slowly drop. And then when we get to three drop cards, we now have five. So you can start to see this little bend as we're like, all right, we have a lot of early game cards. And then more so going into the mid game, which I guess is more terminology to be going over. Yeah, right. And um, that's good. That's good. Yes, true. Very true. And then more (laughs) cards of like, all right, well, now we're playing a few more five drops, maybe one, maybe two, six, seven drops. And when you say drop, 
that cost. What, yeah, what 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 yeah. we mean when we say drop is the cost. Yeah. So, so pretty much the turn you can drop it. Like how much correct. mana does it cost to drop right. this card? Right. Right. And so when you stick when when you put all those together, you're basically you're making a bar graph. Yes. You are making a bar graph and then you are connecting all those points to mm-hmm. form a curve. So then yep. you just look you look at the shape of the curve. Yep. And so a lot a lot of times in these different archetypes, the mana curve in these arc in these archetypes for these decks, mm-hmm. they look very similar. So if you see an aggressive deck, a very aggro heavy aggressive deck, the mana curve for these aggro decks is basically kind of like how Jim was just describing here. A lot more uh, one drops. Uh, right. So your your mana curve is going to be heavily skewed mm-hmm. to the left. Yep. So it's going to be very high at the low bottom of the curve, yep. the ones and the twos, and then peter off mm-hmm. towards the higher. And typically, from from my understanding um, and all the research and reading into the stuff that I've mm-hmm. done, a lot of control decks, they're kind of like very flat curved. The curve is kind of relatively, relatively flat. Yeah. So with the control deck, if you have too many high drop cards, though, Mm -hmm. you are going to get pretty much stomped by the aggressive decks because I'm doing, say you're doing nothing for the first three turns. Right. They are, they've now played like three creatures or six creatures. Which which happens like if you do nothing on turns one through three, Mm -hmm. you're dead. Pretty much. There's so many times. So, so for for a little bit of um, a little bit of backstory here. So, Magic Arena is now available on phones, on mobile. Yep. So, I downloaded it a couple of weeks ago, and I'm able to play it on my phone, which is cool. Which is very, very cool. Like now, I'm just able to get a quick game in every now and then. Mm-hmm. Um, if I if I've got nothing to do, or I'm you know uh, sitting waiting around for something. Um, very, very cool. Finally, bringing Magic to mobile is very cool. But one thing with MTG Arena is and honestly, it does not matter what lobby you are in. Um, um, mono red isn't is crazy. It's always a so thing. many people play mono red yeah. all the time, and it gets old so many times. It's you just, take it back, Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I will never take it back. But I mean, mono red is a legitimate archetype. It one hundred percent is legitimate archetype. Mm, it's and fast. I, it is. It is very very fast. And if you want to ladder up very quickly, mono red is your most efficient way to do that. Yep. Period. End of story. I mean, there's just no, there's no questioning. It. Yep. None. But I'm the type of player to where I normally, even when I was doing my YouTube channel, I liked playing so many different styles of decks. Mm-hmm. So when you play mono mo- match after match after match of mono red, mono red, mono red. Yep. It's 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 crazy. I mean, you there's doesn't have to start building. It's like, all right, I'm, I want to build this cool new deck, but right. can it beat can mono, it be red? mono red? Right. Can even compete yeah. with mono red because I don't just want to lose. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I was I've been playing a control deck because I enjoy playing control decks on arena. Mm-hmm. It's, it's fun. Yeah. Um, it's if I don't do anything on turn one, two, or three, I'm dead. Pretty much. Even if I don't do anything on the first two turns. Yep. It's like you're turn, still at like really low life, and yeah, it's like they can yeah. just get over the top. And then and then they ember cleave, and then I'm dead. Yep. Swinging in for like 18 <laughs> it's damage. Crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. So. I mean, it is it is it is a legitimate archetype, hundred percent. It's just it can be it can be. I'm I'm not gonna say overbearing, but just not fun to play against. Yeah, the thing about it is like it's it's kind of boring because you just know exactly what it's gonna do. You yep. see them drop a mountain, you're like, all right, here comes a fervent champion. Yep, or whatever it is, right. you know. Right. 
and yep. it's uh in april of 2021 that's that's turn one fervent champion that's let's yep. what we're saying turn yep. one mountain fervent champion that's like it pretty much um and then turn two drop another one and swing for four just swing for four yeah what's the other one where um yeah we're, i know we're talking about magic right now but um goodness there there's a I can't remember if it's one drop or two drop, but if it gets equipped and then, or when it dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. Oh, uh, I believe it's, it's a, a two goblin. drop. It is two drop. It is a two yeah. drop. Yeah. Well, there there could be a few cards like that. The one I'm thinking of, it's a two drop. It's in red and black. So Rakdos, which I no, guess is. No, term. no. The one that I'm thinking of is, uh, is mono red. It was in okay. Zendikar, but I can't remember. It is oh, a mono okay. red card. All right. Then, yeah, this is a different one. Okay. So, all right, cool. Um, okay, the next the next barrier again again this really is all jargon and terminology. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of crazy. Oh, so so also for magic, you have yeah. five different colors, right? Yeah, you have white, blue, black, red, and green. Mm-hmm. Okay, and more terminologies here. Mm-hmm. Okay, every single one of these colors when they pair up with something else is now <laughs> called a different name. Yes. So yeah. when you pair up two colors with each other, let's just say white and blue it's called azorius yep. and that is based off of the guild that comes from ravnica in one of the sets mm-hmm. called azorius yep and this happens for every single color pattern yep and same thing with three colors three colors yeah if you put white blue and then black as well it is now called esper yep and that was the worst thing for when i started playing magic yes. that Dude, was every terrible card but that's the thing it's every card game for the yeah. most part yeah, that's it. Like you have to learn. But this all is these. a specific name for the yes. colors you play. You know the four color. You know. Do you know the four color names? Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Witch Maw. Witch Maw's one. I think one of like I think your is one of them. I do believe your is a name for one of. Them. I don't think. So. I don't think so. I think so. So there. Okay. One thing that when I when I looked into this, um, I believe with the four color names, there's like two names. I think there's like two names like they can be referred to as one thing or the other i i, I can't remember so you can also call them so in in magic there's a thing called mono right so yeah. we went over mono red yeah okay means means me that means the deck is all red yes so mono but you change the first letter of mono to an n it's called nano and then you say nano green. So I'm playing all of the other four colors. All the other four colors. Or yeah. if I'm playing nano red, that one's that one I think is witch maw or witch something. Yeah, and I I do know that witch is a name like it, it's in one yeah. of the names. Yeah. I do know that, but I know all of the uh, the two color and three color combinations. Yeah. Those are the important Those are the, ones. They are. The other ones don't really matter. But the, so the first time I actually came across that mm-hmm. was when I was playing um, Elder Scrolls Legends. Okay. So that's the same they thing. They that's the same thing where they have different they mm-hmm. have different colors mm-hmm. for for the cards. Um and and so with magic, like each color, like has its own thing of like what yeah. it does in the lore or the universe. There's yeah. a theme. So when I was playing Elder Scrolls Legends, it's mm-hmm. the same thing. Like they had. From from my remembrance, they had like white, they had purple, which was like black mm-hmm. for magic. They had green. Um, they had what else do they have? They had like yellow okay. and blue, I think. I think those were the colors that they had. Mm-hmm. But that was the same thing to where when you started pairing these things up mm-hmm. and you had the different com- the colors and the combinations, you had different names. So I, I was trying to learn those. 
I have no idea what they are anymore because <laughs> I haven't played that game in forever. Yeah. But that's again, that's a that's another another thing to where. Yeah. Okay, now I have to learn all this stuff. Yep. I remember. To it. I remember. Like I was. I was in a. I think it was a. I was in a Discord group. Um. No. No. It, this. It was not a Discord group, but it was like a website. I think. I think we were on Discord too. Okay. But like I put together like an Excel spreadsheet with with all the different color combinations to help other people learn. Yeah. Like if they didn't know what they were. <laughs> so, but that 100%, that's another barrier. Yeah. It's another thing that you just, you, you got to learn for what's the your, most part. What's your favorite color combo? Really? Didn't we already go over this? Look, I'm asking for the people here. All right. Sultai. Just give us Sultai in magic. Sultai is my favorite color combination. Yeah. I think it is the best color combination in all of, in all of magic. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sultai is black. It is really good. Sultai is black, green, and blue. Mm. Um, if I had to pick one color, I would pick green. Green is my favorite color just in general. I do love green. Um, but All right, ma- guys. I'm out of here. All right. That was fun. <laughs> I'll talk to you later, Dan. Um, but green probably is one of the best probably one of the best colors in what about magic. two colors um two colors what's your favorite guild um probably golgari okay not simic not simic Good. i'm glad not, not simic i do like simic but i don't i would probably say golgari is probably yeah. my favorite that one's really good that one's really good value too mm-hmm. yep yeah. Yep, and, and and you know me. That's pretty much what I'm about. Yep. Um, all right, what about your favorite? What's yours? All right, we're going to start with uh, favorite mono color. Okay. All right, it's going to be weird, okay? No, it's not. I don't think you're going to know it. Okay, all right, go ahead. It's blue. I mean, I can't say I'm surprised, <laughs> but... <laughs> yeah, so so if we're talking about in terms of commander, my favorite one is mono blue. Okay. Or like anything else, mono red. Okay, okay, so, so commander specific, yes. you're saying blue. Okay, yes. I got you. If I had okay. to go with a mono one. Sure. It'd be that. I gotcha. Okay. So favorite dual color. Yep. I actually was thinking about this. I was thinking about like all the different kinds of colors that go with my favorite tricolor. All right. Okay. So if we were to take one of the colors out of my favorite tricolor, which okay. is Grixis. Yes. Black, red, and blue. Yes. Grixis and, is fantastic. Yeah. So if we took out the blue, what would adding green or adding white do to that color combo? So black, red and then green or black red and white and it comes down to my favorite dual color is black and red which i honestly thought it was blue and red really yeah i thought it really was no well so did i like that that would have made sense to me like yeah. if you would have said if you would have said that i, I would have gone yep. with that yep and then favorite color is grixis shout out to our boy nicol bolus nicol bolus yep all hail nicol bolus yep <laughs> May he rest in the uh, that in the, weird realm wherever place. Wherever he is. Yeah, I don't yeah, know. I'm, dude, He's don't like imprisoned. Know. I don't know. There's There have been so many great Nico Bolas cards. Oh, I know. They're, like crazy good. Did you see the four drop that, that turns into the Planeswalker on the back? He's like a $100 playset right now. Yeah, it's he like, is. Oh, my goodness. And I'm glad I had four of those bad yeah. boys. Oh and, oh, and then the latest one, the five drop. And it, oh, oh man, Dan, Dan's dropping stuff. You can't really hear it though, which is good. Yeah. Which is good. So, so I got, the five I got drop, excited. I, I got excited. I I get a little bit excited when we talk about He's the, able to copy every other planeswalker. Did you abilities. see? Did, okay. Bro. Oh, my goodness. There was, mm, I, I can't remember for the life of me, but I was playing, I was playing arena on my phone. Mm-hmm. I had any, I, okay. I had the four drop Nico Bolas flipped. Yeah. I had him flipped on board. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then I had five drop Nico Bolas on board. Yeah. And then I had, there was another planeswalker that I had that could kind of do the same thing that the five drop Nico Bolas did. 
about hmm. copying other abilities. I can't remember which one it was. And I was playing Grixis. I didn't even know there was another one. There was, I just thought there, it was Bolas. It, it was it, it was something like that. Now I have now I'm gonna have to pull up my I'm gonna have to pull up that deck yeah. and find it. But like I had four planeswalkers on board. Right. My opponent, rest his soul, did not concede and let me oh, actually play. Man. <laughs> so that I guy's just a trooper. I kept drawing cards and it was pretty fun. Yeah. It was pretty fun. I do Grixis. Nico Bolas is like the reason to play Grixis. So, all right. Okay. Oh, all I right. could talk go, about Nico Bolas all day. Grixis. All right. All right. All go right. ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. G- g- right. give, me, so, give me one more good story. So so for for Grixis, right? When I when I was first learning the color wheel and all that stuff, mm-hmm. yep. And I was asking my friend, the guy who got me into magic. Okay. And I'm like, hey, what are what is this color? Because I was playing red and blue. Okay. And I was like, what is, you know, after learning what all the colors do, and I really wanted to mess with my opponents more, mm-hmm. I was like, what if we throw black in there, right? What okay. is that color? And he was like, Oh, that's Grixis. Mm-hmm. It was the first one I memorized for like the color wheels mm-hmm. and all right. their names. Right. Right. And I started making a Grixis control. And I'm like, I just want to. That's what I play. I just want to upset people. I'm like, I don't care if I win. Mm-hmm. I just want to make them mad. Yep. <laughs> I love playing Grixis control. That, that yeah. Grixis control is so versatile. Yep. So much fun. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a de- there are, there is one deck that I have on Arena mm-hmm. that is Grixis control. And that is so much fun. Like, Narset, Narset, not letting my opponent draw cards. Yep. All oh. of the Nicoboluses, right? I've got the four, the four Nicobolus, mm-hmm. the four drop Nicobolus where ETB discard a card from the hand oh, and yeah. then you can flip them yep. to, dr- I think there's, there's either, a, I think the, isn't the plus draw two cards? I think it might no, be. No, it might be I three. I don't remember. It might be three. I don't know if it's that high. That there's seems high. There's one of them that, I think there's one of them that. Like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know either. I can't remember. Okay. But then also the five drop planeswalker Nicobolus that yeah. can do pretty much that one anything. Copies any planeswalker. Any planeswalker that's on board, yep. you can do whatever their abilities are. Yep. Um, that one's draw a card and then your opponent exiles a card that they have, correct. either in hand or on board. Or on board. Yes. Yeah. Yep. And then the minus is exile something. Yes, it is. It is exile any permanent, I think. No. It's I think exile. It is. I think it's exile tar- I think it's exile creature or planeswalker. I think that's what it was. Probably. I'm pretty sure that's what it was. Anyway, we could we could talk about this for a long time, and we will, and if we, we will later. Yeah. <laughs> but not in this episode. You know what? Let's let's talk about the metagame. Yeah. All right. That, let's that, let's that's, go past all of this stuff that we that can talk is, about. That is the next period that we're <laughs> going to talk about. And again, again, really, really, it is just jargon terminology. Mm-hmm. What the heck? Is- the metagame is always shifting. Uh, but what is it? That's the <laughs> thing. Like, what is it? The first time I heard the term metagame, again, yeah. again, me being me, I'm I go crazy yeah. when I don't know what someone's talking you know, about. Tell us, because you you brought this up to me the other day. You you Googled or something like that. You mm-hmm. Googled what meta is. Mm-hmm. Uh, go ahead and tell us the definition. So when I was researching what the metagame is, everything that I kept finding, the way that it was explained was the metagame is the game within the game. And again, for me, I want to understand. So I didn't understand it. Mm-hmm. I did. I'm like, okay. And honestly, from that, it doesn't make sense for card games. It doesn't. It doesn't. But but once I really understood mm-hmm. what it meant and in the conversations yeah. around card games in general mm-hmm. and then the term being done around, that explanation does make sense. Yeah. Okay. So what what the metagame really means is I'm going to use our group that we play commander with. Okay. Okay. 
I'm going to use that as an example. So me and Jim, we have a group that we play commander with um, semi, pretty pretty regularly. Yep. Okay. And so there's one person in our group who plays a certain deck a lot. He he enjoys the deck, um, and, and that's totally fine. So um, when we're playing, a lot of the times, the first time we play, we know what deck he's going to play. Yeah. So the deck that we bring out, that the deck that we bring out usually is going to be in response to <laughs> that deck. That deck is Golos. Okay? Yeah. Golos, Golos, Tireless Pilgrim. Yeah. It is a fantastic. This is more so for you. Yeah, probably. Because the, in the other podcast, you were like, I always have to build a deck that I know can yes. handle him. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Okay. So, um, and it is his, his Golos deck is a very good deck. Mm-hmm. It is really good. And if left alone, he can destroy everyone at the table. Yep. He has multiple ways to win in that deck. It is a very, very good deck. Okay. So when we play, I know what I'm coming up against. Okay, so in this scenario, okay, what I'm describing is a metagame. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that is basically what game we are playing, yep. right? So the game we are playing consists of a deck that is Golos, right? So we know Golos is going to be a part mm-hmm. of that four player game. Yep. Okay, so this game is a version of Magic the Gathering, mm-hmm. right? So this is a game within the overall larger picture game of magic. Yep. It's kind of like Inception if you think about it. <laughs> the game so, within a game. So again, that's where, like, honestly, the game within the, the game really is a perfect description and um, um, explanation for what the metagame is. Yeah. So... In talk, so that is one context of Magic the Gathering. There are tournaments for Magic the Gathering, like Modern, mm-hmm. Standard, Pioneer. Okay, in that tournament, what are certain players going to bring to the table? What yep. deck are they going to play? What's a new up and coming deck, or mm-hmm. what is one people have been playing? And there's statistics mm-hmm. online. That is the metagame. So, um, the long and short of it, really, that's the that's probably the best way that I can think of to yep. describe what the metagame actually is, yep. because it's it's not like a concrete, consistent thing. It shifts and varies from time to time. Yep. And depending on the game and depending on the time of year, it, it is reliant on so many different factors. Change is the only constant. Right. Right. So when you're playing a game like. When you when you're playing a game that is shifting and evolving um, as time goes on, like you kind you 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 kind of know how it's shifting and changing when mm-hmm. you when you play it regularly. Yep. So it's something it's something to where when you're playing it a lot, you really just don't think about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just it's a way of just describing kind of what naturally happens with a with a game that rotates or shifts yep. and just evolves. Yep. So it's. Ri- when you really just sit down and think about it, it's kind of cool. It's like <laughs> it's kind of like evolution, like evolving. Oh, for sure. It kind of is. It's really yeah. it's 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 a cool concept. Say it's say cool. a new set comes out, mm-hmm. people want to be playing with these new cards and yep. they're like, "Oh, this is a really strong combo." Yep. Except now people are like, "Wait, but these other cards kind of stop those ones." Yep. And then that original one that everyone was playing kind of dies out in favor, mm-hmm. and then, you know, then this new deck is the top one, and then people are like, wait a minute, 
this other way to build this other deck is an even better form than yep. what that is because now for my sure. cards have better value to them. Yep, for sure, for sure. So, so that's pretty much what the meta game is, um, and I, I think that's a pretty good way of describing it. Mm-hmm. Do you have what, what? Do you have anything? That was that, that you, was very spot on. Yeah. So. Hmm. Yeah. So again, me being me, I I did so much research into it and trying to figure out what yeah. it meant and um. But yeah, like I, it, it's really cool. Like if you just sit down and think about it, it, it kind of is a cool concept just mm-hmm. to just to sit down and kind of think about. For so, sure. All right, next barrier deck building. Oh man, we so we you kind of touched on it. Yeah. When you were talking about theory crafting, yes. but a dude, especially for a new player to any card game, deck building is just so daunting. It's so uh, it's, it's it's hard to tackle. Some people just don't want to tackle it because they're like kind of scared. Yeah. Which yeah, I get it, like, that's it's me. It's a difficult thing. That's me. Yeah. Cause to me, deck building, you gotta be creative. Mm-hmm. Like, like creativity is a big thing when you're talking about deck building. I mean, you, you enjoy building decks, don't you? Oh, for sure. So, and, and I'm to the point now to where I, I do as well, mm-hmm. but me like, I am not very creative. Mm-hmm. As as a general rule, I think every person is creative. Like every person has the, the capacity to be creative. Mm-hmm. But I think some people creativity comes easier to them mm-hmm. than, oh, sure. than other people. Yeah. And I think I think I'm the type of person to where I have to work a little bit harder to be creative. So for some of the different formats, right? Um mm-hmm. and the, the most one I play is modern and outside of commander? Yes, yes. Uh, that one is like my pretty much go-to. It's my favorite one. And the we'll talk about a little bit about the meta game, right? Okay. So say there's some of your favorite cards that you like to play with. And but you you can look up what some of the best decks are in the format. Sure. And there's not a single one playing it, right? All right. What's the reason on that? Is it just because there are no other cards that work well with it? Is it because it's too high of a cost? Or is it because, well, all the other decks are just way too good. Why is that card you want to bring to the table good in your perspective, right? Can you make it good? Can you build a deck around it? Is it something that's a higher uh, mana drop? So then you have to start building a control deck in order to get to those end steps. And um, so, and that's where the whole deck creation thing comes from. And, build, and it's more building so, the whole deck around yes, that exactly. type of card. Except it also comes down to you have to know the metagame. If you want to play mm-hmm. competitively, right. you have to know where can I fit this in at. So, in, in, and I'm going to kind of boil that down even further. Mm-hmm. Not, don't know the metagame. Know your oh, yeah, metagame. That too. Because, because really, you have to know, like, what I'm are talking you, more from a, like, more that's, competitive. That's true. That's true. You, you did you did yeah. specify that. Right, right, right. So, like, if, if in, in this case, you're talking about, like, tournament play, tournament exactly. viable. But depending on the scenario, mm-hmm. like if you want to if you want to play it on your kitchen table, mm-hmm. kitchen table commander or whatever, like I was talking about earlier with our group where we play mm-hmm. like like Golos, can can I fit this in to something to where I know what I'm going to come up against? Yeah. So like build with your meta like in in mind mm-hmm. type thing for sure. One thing that I do want to point out, deck building can be so rewarding. It oh, is difficult. Sure. It is difficult for sure when you're just trying to build a complete an entire deck around an idea mm-hmm. or a card 
But when you finish it and it works, yep. it's a beauty. You know, it could work 1% of the time, but when it does it work, does. you're so happy. You are. <laughs> and it's so cool. Yeah. It's fun. Yep. And it really is. You feel that just sense of accomplishment. Yeah, yeah. Power, accomplishment. And you could, you could even do something just so measly. Like I just took out your thing, but I don't really care because it's so cool. My thing yeah. worked. Yeah. It worked. The thing that I built worked. Yep. Oh. It's cool. Like it, it's it is a fun experience. Yeah. Okay, talking about net decking, this discussion happens all of the time mm. and it drives me absolutely bonkers and bananas. Okay. Net decking is fine. Yeah. Net decking is fine, especially for new players. Oh, for sure. Jim, what is net decking? So net decking is you go online, you find a deck that won a tournament or won whatever event, and you build it. You just like go to eBay, go to Amazon, go to PCG player and you're like I want all of these cards the nice thing about digital card games is when we're talking about building decks mm -hmm. so much easier yep. so much easier like in, in in arena a lot of the times I already have the cards yeah <laughs> I already have the cards in my collection. you have a lot of cards in I there have now. all the cards in my collection and my arena collection is lackluster yeah my granted like i was my physical though let's talk about that granted i was doing a magic of the gathering arena video mm -hmm. every single day yeah. Yeah, so i had i had a lot of videos yeah. so and honestly a lot of those videos were net decked mm -hmm. i found a lot of those decks online mm -hmm. that i was just looking and there's so many decks just out there and it doesn't even have to be like tournament winning it could no, just be someone just, posted a really right, cool deck right. and it's just like i want to play this there was a mono white angels deck mm -hmm. that i played that deck was so much fun yeah i looked at it and said okay i want to play this because this looks freaking awesome yeah. and it was I it think, was fun i think i sent you a um a blue red like copy list or yes, something I played that one. yeah that was that was amazing that was fun yeah that video was was great I, i'm i'm the, i'm gonna post that video yeah. in the uh in the show notes to this so you guys can watch it. Yeah, that one was awesome. That was fun. Mm -hmm. And honestly, if you don't net deck, you are missing out. Oh, for you are sure. missing out on yeah. a lot of great decks. And a lot of this honestly comes back to what what are you doing? Like, what mm -hmm. is your point? Why are you playing? Mm -hmm. What's your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? Yeah. Some people think it's a bad thing, mm -hmm. right? Because it's just like, right. oh, well, you weren't creative, creative enough to come up with it. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, you talk about how many different players there are. Right. It is so difficult to come up with a creative idea, especially mm -hmm. if you're like, oh, it's been two months since the latest set release. I found this really cool card. I made mm -hmm. some decks. And but then it's just like, oh, but someone made a better list of it. So I'm going to stop working on it. Right. It's just so many. So and I see this so many times people saying online, like you were lazy, you net decker. It's like, dude, yeah. You know, how, like, I don't have the time, man. <laughs> it, it takes a lot. It does. It takes a lot of time Yeah. because it's okay. Honestly, this is how coming up with a deck kind of works. It's you start with an idea. Mm -hmm. Okay. You find the cards that go along with your idea. Mm -hmm. Normally in magic constructed formats, typically are 60 card decks, right? Yes. So when you're coming up with you, when you're formulating your idea, normally you find all these cards and then your list is, okay, well, now I have 100 cards. Singles. I have 100 singles yeah. that now I have to figure out, okay, which ones kind of best work with the strategy that I want to employ mm -hmm. in this deck? So mm -hmm. you have to take the 100 cards. N n I mean, whittle it down to like nine. And okay? you still have to pay attention to the archetype you're looking for, Correct. whether it's aggression, Correct. mid-range, or control. Mm -hmm. And then once you get that, once you whittle it down, 
Okay. Then you have to start looking at your curve. Okay. Yep. So what kind of deck am I building? Do I want to build more aggressive? Do I want this to be more mid range? Do I want it to be more control mm. combo? What kind of am I looking for? Um, okay. Now I have to work in my resources. Okay. Yep. That's the thing with magic. When you're building your deck, you have to figure out, okay, how many lands do I want to fit into this deck yep. that's going to make the strategy work? And for that, there is kind of a template for how many lands you want to right. play. It's right. like a control list. You're kind of aiming for 25, 26, 27. As a general rule, general, general rule in Magic, you normally you want to start with 24. That's just very general. Yeah. Very general. That is not hard and fast, but it's a good general rule that you mm -hmm. want to start with. Um, okay, so then once you have that, once you have kind of a draft, mm -hmm. then you play, you want to play test it, see if it mm -hmm. works. Kind of then you have like all these other cards that are kind of in your sideboard mm -hmm. that you just kind of want to fit in and kind of see how they work. Mm -hmm. It's a long process. Yeah. Plus, if you want to make it competitive, oh, then you yeah. have to test it against all the competitive decks. Yep. See what it has yep. a good game against. See how you can make it better. And that's what a lot of these competitive players do. Mm -hmm. Like they do that when they're trying to find yep. ways to build ways to build decks that beat other decks. Mm -hmm. And these these processes can take a long time. For sure. And so, you sometimes will go on Reddit and be like, hey, I was thinking about this combo. And then some people are like, I've tested that. We've now swapped it over to this. And then you start thinking about that. What starts working with those? No, normally, because dude, normally, so if you different get, people. normally if you get on Reddit, somebody's oh, going to say you're an idiot. Oh, like oh, if you course. ask a question, like a legitimate <laughs> question, you're going to Reddit is a terrible place. For sure. You're going to get that for magic, for yeah. magic specifically. Reddit is terrible. I guess it depends on where you go for it. Normally. Yeah. Normally on Reddit for magic is pretty bad. Yeah. Um, but I mean, that's just like any place on the internet, but yeah. whatever. The I mean, internet's it, the internet. Yeah, right. It It is what it is. You're going to get everything. Right. This very this is very, very true. So all that to say, building a deck can take a long time, mm -hmm. but it really, it is rewarding when you yeah. can do it. Like I encourage anyone who plays magic or any card game, try building a deck, right? Just mm -hmm. try building a deck, play it, have fun with it make it yours and because mm -hmm. really it, it is fun it is a very very rewarding experience just realize that you're probably going to lose with it early on oh 100%. just expect sure. to lose for sure for sure all right so the next barrier which kind of is not a barrier but is formats so what we've been talking about we yes we have so in a lot of these card games they have diff basically different ways you can play the game Okay, they're called formats. So formats can vary from time periods um, to ways you play the game. Like for physical products, you have draft, you have sealed, and constructed. Those are probably your three big for types of formats yeah. when you're talking about uh, physical games. Yep. So, Jim, what do we mean when we say those three um, formats? So for draft, it is a bit different than constructed. And uh, same with sealed. So let's go over draft a little bit. Sure. We have, they give you four packs, I believe it is. I think four. Oh, in draft? Or is it three? Draft, I think is. I honestly don't. But I know how it works. I, I played draft once, and it was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It it's, is a It's a fun, fun experience. Yeah. It really is. So but I, open, I believe it's four. Okay. So you open the pack. You look through it. You're like, all right, we're going to take this one card. And then you set it off to the side for the person to your left to take. And then the person to your right. When they take their card, they pass you their pack of cards. Yeah. So, so you're so, slowly building a deck. So I think you kind of can, you kind of confused it. At least you've confused me a little bit there. Okay. So it was, 
I knew what you meant, but I don't think what you said kind of matched up. Okay. So what it was is when you open your pack, yes. you take a card. Yes, you take you a take s- a card single card for yourself. Yes. And then the cards that you have left from the pack, mm-hmm. you pass those cards to your left. Yes. So the next person, the next right, player. Right. The way the way it kind of sounded was you take you pick a card and then you pass it. It was kind of oh, weird. Oh, okay. It was kind of right. weird. So I, right. I just want to clarify. Make, right. Yeah, make, so you make take sure. the rest of the right. cards yes. and pass it to the person yes, to your left. For sure, for sure. The person sure. to your right does the exact same yep. thing. So then they pass their cards to the left. That is now you. You now go through their pack, yep. and then you take a card from Yeah. So when you're drafting, you usually have a group of, I don't know, is it like eight people? Yeah, it's eight people. Eight people? Okay. Yep. So that, that's that's what's classified as a pod mm-hmm. for drafting. Yep. And then once you run out of cards, then you take the cards that you picked, mm-hmm. you build your deck. Normally draft, I believe, are 40-card decks. Correct. Yes, I believe so. Yeah, I, I think, I'm pretty sure it's 40-card decks. So you take your deck that you built, and um, yeah, then you play. Mm-hmm. You play against each other. Yep. And whoever wins the pod wins. Yep. Uh, draft is fun. Yeah. Now, what is sealed? Sealed is essentially the same thing. You're not more so going through your whole collection and building a deck that's constructed. Right. Sealed is kind of the same thing as draft. You get six packs and you crack all of them. There's no passing. What you get is what you get. Yep. And you build a 40 card deck from that. Right. Right. I, I was a little bit, again, when I first got into it, mm-hmm. I didn't know what the differences were. Every time I heard sealed, I was a little bit confused, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty, pretty simple. Yeah. Um. Okay. Construct is probably where your biggest variety oh, yeah. is going to come. Sure. Um, nor so with constructed, um, so what so what do we mean? What does cons- when someone says constructed, kind of what does that typically mean? What does it refer refer to? So talked about it a little bit. It is you're building a deck with all the cards you either have or want to get. So you could net deck. Find a deck you want, get those specific cards, mm-hmm. throw a deck together. It's pretty much you're making an idea out of all the different possibilities of cards that are legal for that format. Right, right. Um, so probably the biggest thing that I can think of when we're talking about <clears throat> constructed formats, usually the thing that differentiates each format the most is time periods. Yeah. Okay. So in there's different types of constructed formats. So again, magic, we're talking about magic specifically here. Mm-hmm. There are a few different formats that I'm thinking of. We have legacy, vintage, um, standard, modern, and pioneer. Yeah. Okay. Standard in magic is typically the. We're we just talking official. Um, yes. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, now unofficially, there's a lot of different other formats. Yeah. Right. But. Ender. Yes, yes. <laughs> Commander is a big one. Um, I guess Commander is an official format. Kind of. Kind well, there's of no, is. There's no official tournaments. That's true. That is true. So. Um, but but so the reason the reason I was saying specifying the ones that I did yeah. was the thing that differentiates those formats. It normally is time period. Right. Okay. So standard and standard is is typically pretty universal across a lot of these card games. Standard usually means the most recent sets. It's pretty much the last two years, essentially. Right. Depending right. on time frame. Right. I, Pokemon is Pokemon two years. Um, I believe so. Okay. Yeah. What about Yu Gi Oh? Uh, Yu Gi Oh is different. You're okay. able to play. So the traditional format, or my bad, the advanced format is any card from the start of the game, but mm-hmm. there's a ban list. Right. And it's pretty big right 
Right. Right. So, yeah, with with a lot of these constructed formats, it's time period of the cards. That is usually the the differentiating factor. Yeah. Pioneers are relatively new format when we're talking about magic. Mm -hmm. I think it's been out for almost a year and a half now, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, A year and a half. Yeah. It's it's something like that. But when does Pioneer go back to? Um, It goes back to Return to Ravnica. Is there Return to Ravnica? Yeah. So for the Pioneer format, all cards that are that go back to the Return to Ravnica set, anything from Return to Ravnica and forward is all legal in Pioneer. Modern, you have to go back to, you know what set it is? that you Eighth get? edition or Mirrodin. Okay, so you go back to those sets, yes. and then everything from that forward is legal in Pioneer. So it's pretty much when they change the, the framework of the card yeah, the- to their... Bo- modern yes okay yeah, the, yeah. the border the yeah. frame of itself sure. and um to its modern state what's the difference so vintage and legacy are old school formats mm-hmm. so vintage and legacy are like the original um the original sets from yeah. magic so jim because i don't know this what's okay. the difference between legacy and vintage so there's not much of a difference is there a ban list there is a ban list in legacy okay for vintage, there is a restricted list, but no cards are banned okay. that I believe. Well, all right, that that could be a lie. There could be some that are banned, okay, but I I don't believe there are. It, okay. I believe it's limited to one if okay. it is on the list. Okay. So, and one other thing that I do want to point out, um, when talking about these formats, so we 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 said that a lot of these, and you can tell from from these descriptions how time periods play a role. Yeah. But standard is what is called a rotating format. Mm-hmm. So standard, it when we say rotating, it, what we mean is that the sets that are legal now mm-hmm. will not be legal in a few years. Yeah, which I believe it happens at the end of September. I think rotation. So. Yeah, it's it's something like that. Or end of August, end of September. One of those. Yeah, two. it's it's Q three, Q four. Yeah, right, range. right in there. Um. So yeah, for Magic, that's a time period every it's also year. Also, roughly the same for Pokemon as well. Is it? Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Okay. So yeah, like pretty much all these card games, they have they have the standard the standard format is a rotating format. Yeah. So it kind of makes that format fresh-ish. Yeah. I guess you could also say balanced kind ish, of again ish. Yeah. Again, balancing is very difficult yeah. in in physical games. Yeah. Games that you have paper cards in front of you. It's kind of hard to balance because when you release the cards and then they start getting played a lot, mm. you 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 don't know a lot of times oh, yeah. how. I remember when Ikoria was released yeah. in Companion, that got changed real fast, yeah. really, well, it did, really fast. Yeah, I think it lasted for like what wasn't it like? Dude, it was a couple weeks. No weeks. It was really? a couple of. Oh no! Wait, time out. I actually, I I think it was a couple of months. Yeah, but. We were talking about it yeah. right away. Yeah, we were talking about it right away. It was away. so strong. It w- it was immediate. the The mm-hmm. response was immediate, and we were all everyone was calling for okay, something has got to so, be done. So it's been and it so took long, them, and it took Magic. It, yeah. it took Watsi, Wizards of the Coast. It took them a couple of months to actually do something. About what was it. what was the original companion thing? Because I don't think I remember it, dude. So companion. Okay, so for those of you that don't know, um, Ikoria was a set released about a year ago, I believe. Okay, when Ikoria was released, they introduced a mechanic called Companion, and so what Companion was was um, a lo- all of these cards they had a deck building restriction. Okay, 
And if you could build your deck in a way that you, um, around that restriction, you could have this card as your companion. Okay. Yep. And the companion, the way it was um, designed was it was a card that sat in what was called the companion zone. Okay. And you could basically use it anytime you wanted. Okay. So it sat in your companion zone. And then whenever you wanted, when you were able to, you were able to cast that card from your companion zone for its cost. Yeah. So the card that caused the most uproar originally was Luris, Luris yeah. of the Dream Den. So Luris. It's still doing great. It's still, it is yeah. still a fantastic card. So Luris is a three drop, one and, um, oh goodness, black, white. What is black, uh, white? Uh, Help me out, man. Orzov, Orzov, Orzov hybrid. Go. So one and then Orzov hybrid, Orzov hybrid. Yeah. So and what the card did was when it was in play, you could you could cast a permanent from your graveyard with CMC two or less um, for its cost. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So and in Magic, that is that's fantastic. Yeah. That that is a. Did we say permanent or card? Uh, it, it was ooh, permanent. I'm pretty sure it was permanent. Yes, I do believe it was yeah. permanent. If it was any card. So is that was that would have been even yeah. crazier because normally when you do that with instants and sorceries, oh, yeah. those get exiled. Yeah, but that would be that would have been yeah. crazy. Okay, but so, with but with Luris for the companion thing, every single card in your deck, permanent wise, had to be two drop or less. Correct, correct. So when you're building your deck, all of your permanents had to be yes. one. But he himself is three. Correct, yeah. correct. Luris was a three drop. So in that deck, you could only have one Luris. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So. That was the card that was causing the most uproar at the time. Okay. So the the way it worked was you basically you had access to that companion whenever. Mm -hmm. So basically, when you draw in magic, when you draw your starting hand, you have seven cards in your starting mm -hmm. hand. So it, it was kind of like you had eight cards in your starting yep. hand. You had an extra card at all times until you cast it. Okay. Mm -hmm. So they had to they had to do something about and it. And then you were able to just get a card. Yes. Yeah. Right. So um, what they ended up doing was they changed the rule to where now instead of casting it from your companion zone, you had to pay three, three mana to then put that card from your companion zone into your hand. Yep. And then you could cast it for its uh, mana value yes. cost. Um, I think when they did that, it kind of fixed a lot of it. I think. Yeah. I think that I think that was a good um I think that was a good fix. Yeah. I don't know what the heck they were thinking. <laughs> yeah, that was really strong. I, I don't lie. know what they were thinking. Um <laughs> mind you, mind you. So for this this card Luris, right? You can only use two drops and less for permanence. Right. So when you're including instance and sorcery spells, it could be whatever. Right. Right? Right. So people are playing this in burn decks now. Right. Well, pretty much since the start when he came out, they were playing Luris in the deck because there's no reason not to say you're, you're towards the mid or later stages. And you're like, I'm running out of gas, which essentially is card advantage. You are running out of cards to play, right? You can then play Luris. It's like, all right, well, they didn't get rid of them. Now let's bring out one of those creatures. They destroyed for essentially free, right? It's just right. bring it out. It's yeah. It's just like, all right, start to refill this burn deck, this aggro deck. Yep. And it's just like, all right, well, right. that was fun. So another another um, different kind of format you have is formats that are based around rarity. Now, I don't know if there's another format like this, 
but the one that I can think of is Popper. I believe there's another one called Peasant where okay. you can use four uncommon. Oh, okay. But it's pretty much Popper plus four uncommon. Popper, what Popper is, is a format in Magic that only consists of commons. Mm-hmm. Commons. Um, as long as it's had a common print, you're able to use it. Even if the oh, one okay. you have is okay. a rare, gotcha. sure. you, you could use it. Okay, cool. Yeah, so that's what Popper is. So, and that's why when we started when we started talking about formats, um, I kind of said it's a barrier, but it's also a way that makes these games more accessible. Yeah, especially with um, paper cards. Um, I think different formats do make these games a lot more accessible. Mm-hmm. The reason I think I said it's a barrier is just it's another thing that you have to understand. Yeah. So that's what a lot of these barriers that we're talking about are is just something that you have to understand about the game that you're playing. Yeah. So that that's really it. Um, and then the last thing we'll talk about when we talk about formats is kind of different gameplay variables. The biggest one being commander commander. Again, we're talking about magic here. Commander is a multiplayer format started is what was known as EDH elder dragon Highlander. Mm-hmm. Um, we will, I will definitely talk about this more in depth probably later. Um, but again, which is based off of the first elder dragons, correct. which our boy nickel bolus is a part of. Correct. Correct. Um, and in this new set coming out, Strixhaven mm-hmm. is, I believe Strixhaven is now finally fully spoiled. Is it really? I believe so. Wow. Okay. I believe so. Um, but in this set, they are introducing more elder dragons. I don't yes. know. If, I don't know if they've already been a part of the lore or if they are, um, are newly added. I don't, yeah, I don't think Strixhaven was a thing, honestly. I don't, I don't know. But again, I don't know the lore. I don't know the lore. Speaking of lore. Oh, that can be another barrier yeah. in a lot of these games. Lore plays a big part and some people lean more heavily into the lore than others. Yeah. Me personally, I don't care much about the lore. Mm-hmm. I'm more of a gameplay type guy. Yeah. Game gameplay type person. I really enjoy the gameplay. Don't really care much Except about the lore. Part of the lore is the color wheel we were talking about. Correct. With the Correct. different names of Correct. the, the mm-hmm. groups of colors. But it's also fun. Like the lore, the lore, like if you just, just do do a deep dive into the lore in mm-hmm. any of these games, mm-hmm. you're going to get lost because it's just, it's stories, it's stories and it's fun. Yep. So it's very cool. I mean, it, again, it can be a barrier, but it also can make it more accessible for you mm-hmm. depending on what kind of gameplay experience you're looking for yeah. type thing. So if you guys are interested, uh, look up nickel bolus and the war of the spark. Mm-hmm. That is a great storyline. It is. It is. It is a fantastic storyline yeah. and a great set. All right. Next barrier, probably the biggest barrier of all in any card game. Oh man, here we go. Cost. Yep. How much is Cha-ching! it gonna cost? Cha ching. Dude. <laughs> Honestly, I'm just shaking know, my head right now. I know because I don't really want to talk about it. It's oh my god. I don't want to talk how much I put into modern man. <laughs> okay. Or right. EDH. Okay. Come on. Okay. I'm not gonna drop names here. Yeah. Okay. But when I first got into magic, yeah. okay, I remember um, I was going to grapple, right? And I sat down for a match with uh, one of uh, one of our friends from the store. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> and we were playing standard. Okay. Okay. He was playing a mono green stompy list. Um, no. <laughs> okay. okay. <laughs> I was just lipping to him like what about what I thought it was. <laughs> All right. And so we we are playing, and then we start talking. And then he starts talking to me about modern and I go, the heck is modern. All right. I had no idea that all, again, we talk about formats. I didn't, 
I didn't know what these formats were. Yeah. And so he starts telling me. It wasn't me. I don't play mono, mono green. <laughs> no, 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 no. We're playing mono green standard. We were playing mono green I definitely standard. was not playing mono no, no, green right, standard. Right, right, right. But then he, I mean, he beat me in like three turns because yeah. again, that deck at the was time. Was the list? That, yes, it was the Galta <laughs> Of course right? it was. Yeah, yeah. So he drops Galta and I'm just like, yeah. uh, good game. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had nothing. I had nothing at the time. Yep. Okay. So he starts talking about modern and he pulls out his modern decks. And so I'm like. Oh my goodness. So we yeah. start playing and then he starts talking to me about how much they cost. Oh yeah. And then he goes, Oh yeah. I put like uh, this one, this deck probably costs about $2,500. I'm like, <clears throat> what? Is <laughs> what are you talking about? I think it was like Tron. I think it was. The, oh, okay. Well, I think I was playing at the Tron list. Okay. At the time. I don't yeah. know what he was playing, but I mean, he was just telling me about a deck, one of his decks that yeah. he played. I, I guess depending on like foiling. Yeah, sure, 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 sure. Um, yeah, so it can be pretty freaking expensive. Oh, for sure. It can be, a, dude, it, it's insane. Yeah. We, <laughs> as so we really don't want to talk about it that much because we're it probably can be crazy. like, we're half embarrassed, half, uh, we just don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Remember earlier when I said modern is my go-to format? <laughs> All right, I don't want to talk about it. Yeah, I don't want to talk about it either. But I, I mean, one of the things that is is cool, I think, yep. um, in in collectibles in general. Okay, a lot of the stuff is you're not throwing money away. Yeah, especially especially in collectibles. Now, even though the market can fluctuate and does fluctuate yeah. from time to time, what you what you own probably does have value. Mm-hmm. It probably does still hold some value. And again, if you're spending, like in this example I was talking about, if you're spending $2,500 on a deck, that that value, probably not going to fluctuate that much. Quick, quick side note about modern. Not every deck is worth that much. No, sure. And right. it depends on the rarity. Right. Because there are different printings of cards. Yes. It could be like a, a harder version of the card to, to get. get. Right. And so right. that could change a card's price from 40 sure. to like $200. Sure. So mm-hmm. the deck, you, whoever it was, was talking about, that could have been it, but right. I do remember when I was playing modern that I think it was Abzan and Jund. Yeah, that was close to two grand, like base. Yep. So I could see it. Yep. Yep. And uh, you can spend as much money as you want, or yep. you could spend as little as you want. Yeah. There are right? there are decks you can play in modern, and this is competitive decks. Yeah. So going back to burn, right? Burn yep. was my first, my bad, my second modern deck. Right. And you could get burn for like three hundred and fifty. $400, $500 range, depending on, you know, how, how aggressive you want to go with right. it. But then there's, there are other decks that can be cheaper, right. roughly around the same price. Right. And, and honestly, like a lot of these people, when they're building these decks, a lot of the times you're not mm-hmm. buying these cards right away. You're yeah. not buying everything up yeah. front. Yeah. A lot of the times, like my magic collection, mm-hmm. it has grown over mm-hmm. years. Oh, yeah. It's grown so much over time, mm-hmm. and it's just I buy these boxes, you know, I I collect these cards, mm-hmm. um, I keep I take care of them, yeah. I organize them, and they're still worth something. Yeah, like they still have value. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's not like oh I'm just throwing money away. Yeah, you know, so that's that's buying this deck, buying this deck. It's I'm buying these right. packs. I'm trading cards. Right. Sometimes the value goes mm-hmm. up. Sometimes the value goes down. Trading yeah. away things. Yeah. It's like like anything, and it's nice for me. Just mm-hmm. this being a hobby, it, it is a collectible thing. Yeah. Like there's investment there. There is there's value. Mm-hmm. There's still one hundred percent is value. Yeah. 
So like, don't get scared off immediately. Like it definitely is, can be daunting. Mm-hmm. It hundred percent. Just can like be daunting. any hobby. It can be expensive. Yeah. yeah People exactly. who are really into cars, they yeah. know how expensive oh, yeah. cars can for be. For sure. For sure. For sure. Um, so yeah, it honestly, like, like Jim said, like, like any hobby, you're going to get into it. Just be prepared. Mm-hmm. Or be prepared know doing, what you're getting into. Yeah, or like, uh, you know, taking pictures. Maybe you want a good camera, Dan. You know, maybe you want some good lenses Shut out up, there. Jim. Okay, all right, let's not talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dude, that was good. Yeah. <laughs> I was wondering where you were going with that. I'm like, holy cow. Oh, wow, is that some shade I just threw over there? You got a shadow. <laughs> I'll give, uh, dude. I'll give that to give me some skin. That was funny. Holy oh, cow! Man. Oh man, that was good. Yeah, anything can be expensive. Yeah. honestly. True. True. Oh my goodness. Dan's um, crying, guys. He's <laughs> crying right now. Yeah, Jim. Jim is making me cry. That's pretty funny. Oh my goodness. Oh man. Woo. All right. So the last barrier that I want ta- that I want to talk about here is community. Community. Favorite. Community. Like. Seriously, just like Jim said, that that's why we're doing this. Um, yeah. We love community. Community and my is my favorite so, part about card games. Community is something we want to build. We are building a community. Um, we know it's going to take a while. We know it's going to take a long time. Community is one reason we are doing this podcast. Yep. Um, and both and we both have experiences, good good and bad experiences with community. Um, just in general. But Jim, kind of give give us give us a quick rundown and kind of give us your thoughts of how community can be a barrier, yeah, a, a barrier of entry into these uh, TCGs and CCGs. So, say you come across a card game that looks really cool, you like the art, you don't really know too much about it, then you start to talk to some people. Except they don't seem really friendly. Except you've already started putting money into the game and you want to play it, but. The more you talk to people, it can kind of seem like they're excluding you, right? Are you really going to want to keep playing the game? It's it's difficult to get into a card game if you don't really have people to play with. Um, you know, you go to stores and you can see groups of people pretty much always sitting by each other talking about whatever stuff. And there's like no one ever new that gets into it unless you are a competitive person. If you know that group is pretty much all about competition and doing really well at the game, you know, getting into that in crowd, that click can be, can be difficult or it can also push you away from the game, you know? Right. Yeah. One of the things that I kind of have written down here, excuse me. Um, but it's knowing like knowing who your local community consists of. Right. So like, like you, like Jim was saying, um, like if your community is full of un unwelcoming people and like guys Mm -hmm. who've just played together for a long time. And then you're a newcomer and they don't know you and they're not, they don't want to know you. Which happens quite a lot. Yeah, it does. I mean, that can turn like, imagine I can imagine if I went into grapple the first time, Mm -hmm. the first time I played magic with my goblins deck, that deck was fun. I I enjoyed it. It was not very good, but it was fun. Mm -hmm. I can imagine if I went in there and the people that I sat down and played with, were not very nice, gave me a hard time, told me I was terrible, which, look, honestly, I was. What if they I, I were just terrible. sick and tired of playing against Mono Red? That was a Mono Red <laughs> that Goblin. That was a Mono Red list. Yes, it was. It was, 100%. Yeah. They could have just totally just basically thrown me off yeah. and just 
I would have never come back there. Yeah, you're you're there to have a good time, meet right. some people, you know. Right, right. And, uh, it's just, well, I don't ever want to come back again. Right. Why would I ever want to come back if you guys treated me this way? Mm-hmm. And that is something that I always, always think about because it's not something I want in my community. Yeah. Period. End of story. Yep. There was. Um, I am going to talk about this. I do want to mention this real quick. There was an incident not that long ago in our own community. Okay. It was a racist incident. Okay. Um, something, oh, something happened in, in our town. Oh, okay? that, okay. Yeah. yeah. There was I thought you were talking about a grapple. I'm like, no, no, what? no, no. There was okay. something that happened in our town. Um, it was a racist incident, um, at a local convenience store. Um, a, an individual shouted, um, not even like expletives, but just racially insensitive language yeah. to another family. Um, Eventually, it got. Eventually, the individual was arrested. Um, I believe he was. I don't know if he was charged. Um, I I don't even think the trial has been had yet. But he was arrested. Um, And I read about the story in. I believe I saw it on Facebook. Um, And this is not a discussion about if it was correct, right, wrong, nothing. Just we don't want it. Yes. um, This conversation that we're having right now is about it. Not something we want in our community. Not something I want in my community. In a community mm-hmm. that I am a part of, um, it saddened me that that type of behavior is in my community, is yeah. where I live. I'm not naive enough to think that that kind of behavior does not exist because we all know it does. But it is not something that I thought was in the community that I am a part of and that I live. Yep. And so in reading about the story, I was very upset and frustrated and saddened by the fact that that is in my community. So that very, very much saddened me, um, just the, the fact that it happened. Yeah, um, it was kind of crazy. It was. It was very crazy. I mean, we're not really going to get into mo- the, the specifics, but it was just it's very, very, very disheartening. Yep. And so for what Jim and I are building here, we want the community that we build to be very open and inviting yeah. and we don't inclusive want, to everyone. We don't want anyone to feel um like they are not welcome. Yeah. Okay. Um <clears throat> and again, you know, I'm not ever I'm rarely ever gonna tell anyone they can't do a thing. Yeah. But if you are purposefully being um mean and you mm-hmm. you are telling someone they are not welcome, no, we don't want that. Yeah. We want to be very open and we and understand and inviting. Yeah, we understand that different have different People have different views upon sure, things, for but sure. it still doesn't change the fact that these are people. Yeah. And you know what? I actually do have a really good experience from Grapple. I remember there was a time where I was talking at Grapple with two people about mm-hmm. politics. Yep. We were talking about politics. I remember. And it was a really, really good discussion. Yeah. Um, I disagreed with them on pretty much everything. But I remember we, that now. we were we were just ta- we were talking for a while mm-hmm. and we were just having really good civil discussions just about policies and politics and everything in between. Yeah. At the end of the day, we disagreed, mm-hmm. but it was I understood where they were coming from. I understood their point of view and I think they understood mine. Mm-hmm. And it was a really fruitful discussion. And that's the kind of community that I love being yeah. a part of and that I want others to be a part of, too. To where you are free to discuss whatever you want, and you're rarely, you're never going to be, you know, told that you are not welcome. And that's, we, both Jim and I, 
that's important to both of us. Yeah, when it when it starts to getting into people yelling, you know, talking down about whatever it is, mm-hmm. you know, that's that's not really a thing when people learn. Like you were saying, you came out of it understanding where they were coming from. Right. You didn't agree with it because sure. of whatever history you have, you sure. know, but you still acknowledge the fact that yep. these are still people. They've gone through different life experiences. And there was a, and there was a mutual respect there. Yeah. There hundred percent was a mutual respect yeah. for sure. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what we talk about when we just talk about community in general. But one thing that I do want to mention here is since we're talking about barriers to entry into these games, mm-hmm. um, I don't know if we mentioned it, but does your local community support the game that you want to play? There's a new game out, uh, relatively new, Flesh and Blood. Yeah. Flesh been and, a little over a year. Flesh and Blood is like the newcomer on the TCG, CCG market. Mm-hmm. Um, so oh, that's so cool. It is so much fun. <laughs> but like getting the support that you're going to want yeah. for that game, I don't know if it's easy or hard. Um, no. Because like I know that the communities who play these games, are they're not very big. Yeah. So that's just a, that's a quick example of kind of, can I can I talk a little bit about flesh and blood? Yeah, go ahead. So go ahead. I recently started getting more into it, right? I've okay. I've bought multiple boxes, been doing a lot of research on the card game, and it's essentially you're playing as a class, like I brought up earlier, right? The cleric, the priest from <clears throat> World of Warcraft. Dude, it's and, awesome. It is so much fun. And it's it's kind of like that. So like yes. you're playing the character, you're you know, you have the deck that you're building with yeah. however it is, but you also have equipment. You have equipment in other other games as well, not so much card games. Um, well, in the in the way that this is set up, right? Sure, sure, and, sure, sure. Right. And so it's like there's another whole theory crafting thing of these equipments. I'm playing as a ninja. I want to go fast, but I also need to be able to defend against the caster. Right. You know, say I'm going up against the wizard. I put on some of my anti magic armor. Right. So you're playing against that, and then you're using all the whatever cards and whatnot. It's very themed about one-on-one combat. Mm-hmm. I'm a ninja. You're a wizard. Mm-hmm. Let's fight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And um, but the more research I've been doing into this, oh my! We talked about the cost of magic, Dan. <laughs> Dude, I know. Oh I know. my I know. man! I know. Mm-hmm. But that's because that's not, I don't want to talk about but it. But that's because when they when they designed this game they designed this game for collectors in mind yeah okay yeah. so with with these boxes what they're doing is they are doing a first edition print run once that first edition is out they're not printing the first edition anymore mm-hmm. so the other and other card games have done this right well. right but i think they're doing this for every set yeah i believe they're doing it for every set so like the next set that comes out is monarch so i don't think you can get a monarch first edition they haven't done unlimited crucible yet which they're are they doing that? We don't know. Oh yeah, Crucible has so many good cards, that, that and is that's true. and that's where I'm like, oh, I don't want to talk about specific cards. No, yeah, one of Crucible them is about is like, yeah, one of them is like seventy five hundred dollars for one card. I'm like, okay, that, yeah, this is ridiculous. From Crucible, yeah, is it a majestic? Yes. Okay. Or it's a, my no no no, it's a fabled. Okay, it's the fabled. Fabled specifically for Rune Blade. Okay. It's about 7500 It's also only in first edition like we were talking about. Right. So the first edition printing of cards right. are harder to get, especially right. now. Right. And, and again, that also gets into when we talk about markets, you talk about supply and demand. Yeah. 
the economics of secondary markets is yep. crazy. So, like, if you like um, um, economics, you will enjoy card games. Yeah. <laughs> you will. Oh, like, seriously, sure. you will. Yeah. Because the secondary markets are yeah. crazy. Yeah. It's very cool just to watch what happens. Mm-hmm. So that that's that's cool. And it's sad to see when everything goes down. Yes. Like it did last March. Yeah. Well, dude, everything went down last March. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. I think my my uh, my retirement account went down. Oh man, <laughs> I lost I lost a bit of money in that too. But anyway, yeah, I was upset when I saw my stonks I go think, down. Yeah, I think everybody everybody lost a bunch of money last month. All right. So anyway, we've gone we've gone on for quite a while. But um, yeah, if you can't tell, there's there's quite a few. There are quite a few barriers of entries into. Mind you, we pretty much only <laughs> talked about magic. Well. Our, but there's also so the much specifics, stuff. The yeah, specifics, yeah, yeah. the yeah. specifics we were talking about. Yeah. We were we applied them from yes. the standpoint of magic. Yeah, they do apply yeah, in they apply all of these pretty much everything. Games. They do. They they but apply. I'm I'm more so talking about like all the different. So the archetypes can also go in between mm-hmm. different yes. formats, right. Or different right. card games. Sure. But every single card game has its own thing. You want to learn about the meta? Yes. Well, you go look up yes. the meta and. Pokemon, yes. Yu-Gi-Oh. Like honestly, honestly, research could be its own barrier to entry. Yeah. Oh, because really, oh, it is. Even even this podcast, like what we've talked about, it's all of the research that we've done. Mm-hmm. There really is going to be research involved on your part mm-hmm. in learning, learning the game, learning the meta, learn, learning. Period. Yeah. Research is definitely the different mechanics to yep. the specific yep. games, how everything yep. works. It's, yep. it's nuts. And again, that's why that's what appeals to me, my personality, my mm-hmm. the way my brain thinks. Yeah. Oh, so, I love it so much. people like me, <laughs> like if you like strategic, if you like strategic games, mm-hmm. card games is where it's at. It, yep. it really is. It's specifically TCGs and CCGs. Yep. So yeah, I mean, yeah. So those are a lot, and I, we know we know there's a lot of barriers to entry into these yep. games. But honestly, once you get past them, we we both believe and we both think that the experiences that can be had in these games are mm-hmm. so worth it. They yeah. really are. And They're I and, I, and I I want to talk again about the cost. Like, don't be afraid to get into Magic or any other card game because it can be a lot. You don't have to put in yes, a lot of money don't. in order to play. You know, you can go get one deck cost like thirty dollars. Especially Commander. And this is all sealed product. You can go sure, get a thirty dollar, no, sure, sure, you know, sure. Commander you, deck and then just play. You can you can build a Commander deck for yeah. like twenty five dollars. Yeah, it you can be could. really cheap. And you can build a good Commander deck. Go watch Commander's Quarters. Yeah, on on YouTube, he's all about those budget brews, yeah. and they're good. Mm-hmm. They are good decks. So yeah, don't let don't let these barriers be barriers. Yeah. They they don't have to be barriers to be getting into these games. For sure. You don't have to put a lot of money into it in you order don't. to have fun. You don't. You don't. So don't be scared. <laughs> don't be scared by all yeah. of these things yeah. that we've talked about. We just they understand yeah, that it's, we, it can be a lot. Yeah, we've gotten to the point now to where looking back on our yeah. experiences, it's yeah. we've realized that we've We've kind of jumped through these hurdles, not so you don't have to, because you do have to jump through them. Yeah. You do. You have to overcome them. I, I still won't go above like spending $25 on a card. Yeah. I'll trade. <laughs> I'll trade. Don't. <laughs> but for me personally, if it goes over like a hundred dollar oh, place that I'm like, Oh, do uh, I really want I know, it? I, I don't know. want it. I know it hurts me. It honestly. hurts. But you know what? I did buy, I bought uh Ren and six. Yeah. When it first came out for cheap. Yeah, it was cheap. In the for night. cheap. Yeah. And how much is that card worth now? Like 50 bucks? Yeah, no. It, so it shot up from back when it was cheap. It then shot up because 
John Den Modern. John Den Modern. Went, went yep. really high, mm-hmm. which is black, red, and green. Correct. Okay. Uh, it's shot up because what Jund wants to do is they want to get a lot of value and draw the game out so that way they have more card advantage I love than you. Yep. So Ren and Six is just like, all right, I'm going to take cards from my graveyard, specifically lands. lands and put them back in your hand. Put them, put them back into your hand, play them, and then so there are things called fetch lands to where you can you can send it to the graveyard to go go tutor in your deck to go put it onto the field. Look at you! Look Ooh, at you! you see bro- that? Look at you! Look at bringing, all these! Look at you bringing it full circle! Look at all these terms you guys it learned full today. Full circle! Oh <laughs> man! So, yep. So Jim, all right. So talking all about that, Jim. Yep. If people want to find you on the internet, do you guys want to find me online? Talk these things with you. Yeah. Where can people find you on the internet? You guys can find me at Jim Morgan H and H on both Instagram and Twitter. All right. So you can find me on Twitter at underscore DG Campbell. And I am over on Instagram at Daniel dot G dot Campbell. All of these will be in the show notes. Yep. Um, and we will also post a link to our discord, our discord. We are working at getting that up and mm-hmm. running. I'm trying to get that more organized for you guys so we can have it again, place for the community to come chill, hang out, learn. Um, and one thing I want to mention here, you can find us on all major, yeah. all major podcasting platforms, Heart radio, if Apple. You, if you are listening to us on one of those, please leave us a five star review. Um, we would love to read your reviews on the show. Oh, I love knowing what everyone thinks. Yeah. So uh, last I checked, we have five five-star ratings Woo! on Apple Podcasts. We're so kind of a big deal. Keep those coming. <laughs> keep those coming. Thank you, guys. If we do get a review, um, I do kind of just want to read them kind of yeah. on the show. So that'd yeah. be kind of neat. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah. Um, I think that's kind of all I have. Oh, I do want to mention here, we are working at getting um, the Hobbies and Happiness uh, Instagram page up yeah. and running. Yeah. Uh, the one thing we're waiting on now is logo. We are working on designing a mm-hmm. br- a, a logo or brand. Yeah. Well, we're, we're, we are working on designing our brand. Yes. Right. So once we kind of get that finalized, we will get all of all of the um, all the business, basically socials up and running so we can communicate with with the community there. Um, once we get that kind of like I said, we were going to get we'll get Instagram, Twitter up and running and mm-hmm. then. Sometime soon, we are gonna we will be not moving the podcast to YouTube, but we will be doing a video should, portion. Should we do some TikTok dances, dude? No. Maybe one day. What are you talking about? All right, man? if this if this podcast can get 150 likes, is that a thing? I don't know. I don't. Know. <laughs> I dude, I don't know. I really don't know because there's so many different platforms. I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, how to I don't, it, but we can. I do don't it. know. We can try. We can get that many. We're going to do TikTok dance. We'll do something. Let us know. We'll do something. We'll do the cinnamon yeah. challenge. Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's so old. I know. It's like five years old. Yeah. And you can also email us. If you've got questions or anything, you can also email us. Yeah. Um, Jim, what's the email again? Is that hobbiesandhappiness at gmail.com? Yes. Yes, it is. Okay. Hobbies, hobbiesandhappiness at gmail.com. Yeah, we will put all this in the show notes. Mm-hmm. And so, Jim... Thank you for the episode. This was a lot of fun. Oh, it was a blast. And uh, yeah, I appreciate everybody listening. And yeah, so with that, we will see you all next time. Everyone, take care. All right, see everybody. Bye.